All right, we are live. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. When Glenn is in, let the fun begin. I got Justin Taylor at JT Orange, myself, and a person who wanted to take a crack at, uh, we'll hop on today and get some awesome uh, reviews of today's show and all of the uh, reviews of the team that we are going to evaluate today and talk about waiver wire, injury report, all the good stuff that goes into fantasy football. Let's, uh, let's get the show started. All right, today we'll talk to Jesse, Jesse who bets on the Twitter machine about some uh, betting, some card collecting, some other things that he prefers and leagues he plays in. Uh, some things you'd like his commissioners to do in, in his leagues. And then we'll talk about NFL news, injuries, waiver wire advice. As usual, we'll evaluate a team to see what uh, Jesse and Taylor would recommend or either rebuild, remodel his roster, and what they would do, the steps they take to do it there. So, uh, JT, tell me about yourself. You're going to be a regular on the show from now on. So give me a, everybody a little uh, kind of background, everybody, you know, a brief background and uh, and uh, what you what do you think about um, the, the, this week's NFL so far this uh, this season? Yeah, a little uh, background information on me is my originally I'm a sports journalist from college, graduated University of Missouri, Columbia, and then got my master's degree at Syracuse University in New York in broadcast journalism. So I've done a little bit of everything as far as newspaper, radio, TV, broadcasting, all that stuff over the years. So I did that for a bunch of years, covering everything from high school sports all the way up to pros. Um had a great time doing it. Loved doing it. Uh, moved back to Illinois about uh, 15 years ago and uh, got into the restaurant bar business. So now I do fantasy as my sports side of, of things. And I uh, own JT Walker's Brewery and Project 47 Smokehouse and Chop Truck. So I do that kind of stuff, do fantasy for fun on the side. I uh, used to be a high school football coach as well for quite a few years, uh, offensive defensive coordinator, all that good stuff uh, for JV Bar. So I've got a lot of uh, sports knowledge over the years, a bunch of different things. And now I kind of channeled all that energy into fantasy and uh, fantasy sports and sports betting uh, for the most part. Good. It'll be a nice, uh, nice pair today. Uh, Jesse, introduce yourself. Tell everybody where people can find you on Twitter, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter at Bacon Games Jesse. Um, I have like a website, Bacon Games Sports stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I was supposed to go to school or I went to school for history and secondary ed. So I was supposed to be a history teacher, but that didn't work out. So I just do accounting for a law firm now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here. I'm ready to talk fantasy. I've been playing since God, I was probably like, I mean, it's been like 25, 25 years in playing fantasy or 20 years about. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's me. I mean, I'm excited to talk, you know, I'm ready to talk some shop. Let's go. I, I saw you have a, and you're, uh, Snapchat or uh, I'm, what's it called? Um, <laughs> yeah, what is it? TikTok, right? Or TikToks. Yeah, you got yeah, all, yeah. all these card openings. Uh, tell me about the card stuff you do, the card collecting stuff. Because back when I was a kid, I mean, Tops cards were the best. You, you people, would, my brother Andy would do, have like, you know, he would he was an avid card collector. He had books, he had all this stuff, you know. And and now you realize twenty years later, or thirty years later, or whatever it is, forty years later, that those cards from the eighties 
were, are not worth anything anymore because there's so many of them were mass produced. It's kind of like, uh, you know, now they have these foil cards and all these specialty cards and stuff and these, you know, in these moments of cards that, you know, not even cards, all the digital moments that people are buying and selling now. So tell me about the card business and like what goes on now. Yeah, I mean, for like sports, I'm I'm definitely a little less knowledgeable about that stuff than someone else is because I just got into it like two years, like really the pandemic got me back into it and all my card collecting stuff. But yeah, I mean, they call that stuff like the errors, like the junk wax or whatever era, because it's just, yeah, so much stuff printed. Yeah, all that stuff. But I mean, um, I, I just kind of like, God, I hope I'm not saying anything like wrong, because I just, I like to collect cards that are numbered, like serialized. So like out of 99, out of 10, out of whatever, because that like, there's some inherent rarity to that. So I kind of like that stuff. It seems to be the case that like QBs are pretty much the biggest money makers. Defensive players don't really mean shit, even though I have like a bunch of Asante Samuel Jr. Rookie cards, but that's okay. Um, and rookie cards are where it's at. I think that's always been the case. Um, and I just, you know, I like collecting them. I like opening, opening up packs. I figure, you know, I'm doing opening up packs anyway. I might as well like put it on something and just throw it out there, throw some music on there, see, you know, what's biting out there. So that's just how I got into that stuff. I have one thing pop off like 25k views. I don't even know why it's, it was just, I guess, a cool open or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it's, it's a fun little hobby that I like to do with that. I've been collecting forever. I've got, if anyone knows Magic the Gathering, I've got a Magic Gathering tattoo. So I've been a, a big fan of car collecting for a long time. You know, that's funny because uh, my, my neighbor before we died was Mike Taglier, and he was really into the Magic the Gathering stuff. You know, he was, uh, yeah. he, he brought us to like one of those Magic the Gathering places where you, they give you cards. They have a, like, they kind of show you how to play the game and they give you a couple free cards, opening packs, stuff like that. It was, uh, that, I mean, he loved doing that before he even got into fantasy football. And I think that was kind of his escape to get away from stuff too. It was, but it was uh, pretty cool. I never really got into that kind of stuff. I was more sticker books, like sticker books were a humongous thing when I was a kid. That was, that was huge. And like, I think I was so happy because I got like, I got two Dan Marino rookies from like 1983 and now they're worth, I think I paid like 400 bucks. Pete, my wife got me one for my birthday one year and I got another one. I, th I think we paid like 400 bucks piece for them and they're probably worth about 38 cents now. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Stuff like that definitely happens. Uh, That's how I feel like yeah. I got, uh, I've got basically every one of those cards from the eighties that you talked about. I've just got books on books on books. And I asked a couple of my friends that are big into the collecting these days. They're like, all that stuff together is worth like maybe 20 bucks. <laughs> I mean, just books, like huge stacks of books. And they're like, dude, none of that stuff's worth anything. You might have a Michael Jordan worth like five or $10 if you're lucky. Right. Your best bet is to just put it in the fire and make hot dogs with it or something. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's see. Um, tell me about the, uh, Jesse, tell me about the day in life yourself. What do you do? Like, uh, I, I know you kind of said you do work for accounting and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. like, um, you do mostly redraft fantasy football, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the most part. And, um, you're in a, a handful of leagues, probably, you know, 10 leagues or so like that. Your dynasty leagues are kind of over with now. So you got a pretty good, you said you've been playing for about 20 years. I mean, so you got a pretty good grasp on this situation, on this situation going on. But, uh, um, so what do you, what's your favorite food on Sunday afternoon when you're watching, uh, red zone, watching Scott Hanson on the red zone, what do you, what do you like to sit around and eat and drink? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I'm just like a dude, bro, whatever. I like chicken wings and like burgers, like and pizza and shit. So I'll just eat all that crap. You know, I love it. Um, Sunday's a good day. Cause I'm not really working out. I'm just hanging out watching football. So it's a, it's nice to just grab, you know, all that kind of like junk American food. And I'll just, I'll sit down there for, like you said, like nine hours and just and love it. So that's what I'm about. Me and my wife, I was just telling my wife yesterday, we got to go see, uh, 
JT's place on that one of these weekends when it's football going on, so we can eat some uh, some of the good stuff, the brewery food and the uh, you know the the barbecue stuff. That's uh, that's my favorite anyway. So yeah, we'll smoke something up good for you for sure. <laughs> it better be a lot because I'm fat. <laughs> oh, we've got plenty. Not not a problem. We'll make as much as you want. Uh, so where does um. What would you? I, I asked this for my, for my everybody. What if you were eighteen years old and you had two minutes with yourself back in the day? What would you say to yourself in your high school graduation day with two minutes to you know to get yourself ready for the rest of your future that you would have you wish you would have told yourself back in the day? Yeah, you know, I I feel like I tell myself like probably the same advice that I got from like other people that I just didn't think about like thinking about that much, but like maybe if it was coming from like my future self, I might actually think about it. And just like you know people shouldn't you shouldn't care a lot about what people think you're not gonna remember you in like two three even like a month later or some shit like that like i just i feel like sometimes i do care a little bit about or a little bit too much about what people think about me and that's something i think i need to work on if i were to like go back and tell myself maybe it would actually stick and i'd be able to like improve on that more than i have already so it's probably like where i'm at you know just kind of like yeah. do your own thing get there and just like tune up the noise you know Stop trying to make everybody else happy, right? That's kind of yeah, for sure. Whatever. The older you get, the more you realize you're like, man, this is bullshit. What did I do? I'm, I'm trying to make everybody else happy instead of myself or my own family, and there you go from there. But uh, so yeah. all right, so let's switch to uh, fantasy football stuff here. Trey Lance. Uh, in we're going to talk about injuries real fast. I'll, I'll cut through a couple of them. You guys can kind of elaborate or you know, anything else that I missed here. Trey Lance out for the season. Big blow for the 49ers. Uh, you know, Jimmy GQ is back in, uh, back in the realm here. Michael Pittman, he's got a quad, you know, who knows how you, usually those things are a week, but we'll see what happens. Justin Herbert ribs. Hopefully nobody gives him an injection, uh, like the Tyrod Taylor situation. Hopefully he can get through this whole situation in a week or so. I mean, he threw a dime pass uh, at the end of the game, uh, even with the ribs freshly hurt. So I, I can't see him out being out too long, but, I heard this injury hurts a lot. Anything with the ribs, if you've ever had any rib injuries, you, you know that they hurt a lot when you have a rib injury. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to laugh. It hurts to sleep. It hurts to do anything. So to be an NFL quarterback, ribs is not an easy situation. Gabe Davis, uh, late week last week, uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, he had an ankle situation going on. So ankles are funny. They could be weak. They could You could re-aggravate them. Hopefully he's back this week. Uh, it didn't really seem to hamper Buffalo too bad by not having him around this weekend. Uh, Dalton Schultz, PCL sprain. That could be a week. That could be five weeks. Could, you know, who knows? That's, that's a, a pain tolerance kind of thing. Jerry Judy fell on the shoulder during the game. It looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, that's, it seems like that's a, that's an injury that reoccurs a lot. If it's not like really, really kind of letting it, letting it settle. So that, that's going to be tricky. That's going to be a tricky one. James Conner, uh, ankle, he seems to always be hurt or get hurt or he plays through a lot of injury, a lot of pain, but, uh, it's one of those guys. It's, he seems like a guy who's going to try to rush back from this and then, you know, get hurt again. It just seems like he can't stay off the IR, the injury report anyway. Uh, TDP, Tyron Davis price, high ankle sprain out a handful of weeks. We'll talk about him in a minute for uh waiver wire stuff, but, um, that's, it's going to be a situation in, uh, in the, where guys are going to start getting hurt and the waiver wire is going to be so important, especially in these redraft leagues. I've done a lot of damage to my dynasty leagues, picking up guys that don't need to be picked up for a one week thing and dropping somebody who was a dynasty, you know, a, a, you know, a dynasty, definitely a hold. And I dropped them just to hurry up and get, and then somebody else would pick them up the next week, outbid me. And I lost guys. I really, really like, so 
Uh, any other uh, considerations? Any other th anything else in the injury report you guys think about it that I missed? Yeah, I was just thinking uh, what you're talking about. That that's kind of a, always goes to my head is like, are you redraft? Are you dynasty? Can you hold that guy? Is he a drop depending on the type of format you're in? Because a lot of these guys, if you're in, in a dynasty or a keeper league format, this might be the time to try to go get them, get a team that got off to a decent start, might feel like they don't want to hold out and see how long the guy's out. If you're deep and can afford to sit on a guy and make a trade, now's, now's a decent time to go out and try to acquire or get one of those guys because you just don't know. Now, you're always going to take the chance that you take a guy, hey, you're hoping he comes back in a week or two and he ends up being out six or eight weeks. I mean, those are that's part of the game. You, you, you just got to take that risk factor. How much are you willing to risk on that? But uh, a lot of these guys, I mean – Judy, like you said, Judy, he's had injuries. This scares you. He got off to such a great start. Connor, a guy who had a great year last year, a guy personally I love as an ex-dealer, great guy, but, man, he's just so tough to count on. I've got him in so few leagues um, just because of that reason. In every league I have him in, I want him as my third or fourth running back, not as my one or two, because if i got to count on him all season, I, a lot of times I'm like, Ugh. I, I just don't know if I want that risk factor. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you covered all the major injuries, so I'm, I'm pretty good on that stuff for sure. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, uh, I, I, can't... I was on mute, oh. so that was... Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah, ah. okay. I, I was freaking out. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, I'm... me too. John, you had, us... <laughs> you, had, you had me freaking out, John. <laughs> I'm going to leave myself on mute all the time. It's, it's my favorite hobby. So I'm going to go through uh, some target percentages for each team and kind of uh, go across the board. We're going to go through this real fast. You guys feel free to jump in, uh, chime in. Uh, JT, uh, if you want to throw some running back stuff and uh, Jesse, talk about yeah. some maybe tight ends or quarterbacks uh, for each team also. But uh, we'll start out. I mean, there's not much to talk about here, but the Bears. ESB, Equinemius St. Brown, had 36% of the Bears targets, which was four receptions, like four targets. Like what – the Bears' offense was just a train wreck. Uh, you know, eleven pass attempts in a—it's just brutal. Um, I mean, I—I I don't know uh, unless you're—I I don't know how you sustain this kind of. It's not even for fantasy, just the NFL-wise. There's no way to—you can't run the ball. This isn't 1980 or 1970s where it's run, 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 and in and, and a play-action pass. You're not going to be able to keep up in the NFL with this kind of offense. What? It's it when ESPs your leading receiver. And Darnell Mooney is getting nothing. Cole Komet hasn't even had a reception yet. And two, after two games, I understand the one game is a rain game, but people have played through the elements. I mean, even Mac Jones threw a uh, four four passes in a game that had 85 mile an hour wins. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I have this conversation all the time with some of my friends and uh, especially my Steelers friends. And the conversation always comes to why does it seem like other teams can get their stud wide receivers the ball and certain teams cannot? No matter, it's, it's it blows my mind, and I don't know if it's a scheme thing, if they're outthinking themselves, but the fact that they just can't even give Mooney looks or Cole Komet looks, I mean, it'd be different if you're going, hey, we're looking away from him because they got him double teamed, and other guys are just so wide open, we got to make that read. But it's not even that. Um, so I don't know if that's on Justin Fields, if it's on the offensive coordinator, but uh, at, at some point you got to look and you say, hey, we have to scheme correctly enough to get our playmakers the ball one way or another. And you can't just let guys be taken away or completely go a game 
without any impact at all. Uh, I just don't, I don't understand in this day and age in the NFL how that happens unless a team has just gone over the top to take everyone away, which teams have it against the Bears, so they don't really have an excuse on that. How you cannot get those guys some kind of look or, or at least scheme up a play like, hey, we got to get our guy a touch. I don't know how you don't do that. And, and I don't know if it's guys being bullheaded or they just think they're outsmarting the other team. Oh, they know we want to get it to them. So let's go to our third or fourth or fifth wide receiver. They'll never see that coming. I just, I, it blows my mind. Uh, Steelers were classic for doing it with Ray Ray McLeod. I'm like, you got all this talent in every big play. They figure out a, how, a way to throw the ball to their fifth wide receiver on a two yard pattern. Uh, I, I just don't understand that kind of that that concept at all. No, Montgomery and Herbert chose. I think they're just saying like, "Hey, we know we're tanking. We're just going to try and get these games over with. Run the ball. Try not to get nobody hurt. We know we don't have any any wide receivers, and you know we'll just kind of let's get through the season. Try to win some games by controlling the clock and run the ball and uh, see what happens. But uh, you know, I it's it's baffling to me how this this goes through. But uh, yeah, I, I just real quick, I just want to say, I, I am curious to see, I mean, there's only been two games and I, you know, like the first game you said was like in a monsoon and then they play the Packers. So I think I have a, a very good uh, pass defense and I'm, I, I figure they just want to run the ball because Montgomery's doing so good. I wonder if this is maybe a symptom of who they're playing, the conditions of the first game rather than like what they're going to do going forward. It's a new coach, new coaching staff, so it's not Matt Nagy anymore with that dumb shit. But um, so I, I, I just, it, it's possible that it could change, um, but I don't really I don't know if it will because they the best position players. I'm not a huge Justin Fields guy. It's their two running backs, Cliff Herbert and Montgomery. So it might not change. You guys might be right, but it's possible that it's just like the situations that we've seen the past two games. You know? Yeah, yeah the definitely. Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, John. The opposite side of the spectrum. The second team we'll talk about. We're going to go in alphabetical order here, no rhyme or reason. But the Bengals, T. Higgins, uh, he had ten targets, twenty percent of the team. Everybody on that team is getting fed. So. Uh, just Burrow can't stay off his butt getting sacked six times. They improved the offensive line. It's just a situation where he – I think he just holds on to the ball too long, and that's got to be something that needs to be addressed. I mean, yes, when you hold on to the ball forever and wait for your receivers to get open from going back and forth all day long, uh, you know, it's it, it's a great situation to be in, but you're going to get sacked. So what what is uh, – what's the solution to this offense to um, to uh, get your get back on track without killing your quarterback? Jesse? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's tough because I, I do agree, like you said, they did improve the offensive line in the offseason. I mean, I believe that what they talked about Collins, right? And they got Alex Kappa, who I'm a big fan of too. Um, it just, it, it seems like it's just not working out so far. And I hope this is a symptom of, I hope this is not a symptom of like a worse disease than it is. Because I, I just, I, I think Burrow is very careful with the ball. Usually those four picks in the first game just seem very, unlike him i mean i know like watt had an insane catcher interception they were crushing him like crazy and that just happens but i i kind of just feel like you got to keep going with what you were doing and just hope that they figure themselves out or, or hope whoever is coaching them figures it out or something like that because i don't have other solutions besides you've got two good receivers you improve the offensive line you got one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl i don't know just fly with it and hope it works out and lose to dallas yeah, yeah, for yeah, me, <laughs> for me, I mean, I was one of the very few people off on the Bengals this year. Um, not because I don't think they have a lot of talent, not because I don't think they're a good team, but I just think as someone who is a Steelers fan and watches a lot of the ACF North, I just think people saw what happened at the end of the year and kind of jumped on board that that was that team all year. And it really wasn't. Um, they put up some solid stats. 
they had a really, really easy schedule last year. Um, obviously, really impressive win against the Chiefs. I mean, that, that was a big one. But outside of that, um, that was a monster performance that they did not play like that a lot of the rest of the year. Uh, I just saw a little regression from them this year, whether it's pressure coming off the Super Bowl loss, whether it's a harder schedule than last year, whether it's expectations. Um, I just saw a little bit of regression from them because I, if you went back and looked at it, they barely beat the Steelers for the division and they beat them both head to head games. They beat them by one game on the tie that the Steelers had with the Lions. And if you ask everybody, they're like, the Steelers were pretty bad last year. So it's not like the Bengals ran away from it and just dominated. Um, And so I think they're going to be good, but I think that AFC North is just going to be tough this year. I, I can see whoever comes out of that one again with, with maybe 10, 11 wins max, uh, just because I think that's going to be a tough division um, all season long. I think the Bengals are going to put up points, but again, I think the the issue is going to be turnovers and can they keep them out of sack situations where they're not, you know, having all these third and 12s, third and 15s, uh, long plays where they're getting yardage, they're getting stats, but they're not, it's not helping them win games. Yeah. Uh, Switch over to Stefan Diggs getting 36% of the target share. He killed it the other night. <clears throat> I'm in a Monday Night Football. 14 targets. Uh, you know, the guys, Stefan Diggs is a must start in fantasy football across the board. There's really nothing to talk about in Buffalo here because they're, run, they're pretty much fuel on all cylinders. Uh, you know, they had a kind of a tough game last week, but I mean, they're just, they're going to steamroll almost every inferior opponent. This, this week against the Dolphins is going to be a good, uh, a good test to see where the Dolphins are at, you know, but uh, that's Stefan Diggs is a stud. It is what it is. The Broncos, uh, Cortland Sutton, 35% of the targets. Um, Javante is gaining steam. Judy got banged up a little bit. Team's not firing on all cylinders yet. It's kind of a, it doesn't like they really know what their, what their game plan is. What do you think about the Broncos? Yeah, for me, uh, just watching their games, it looks like no one's on the same page yet. Uh, Every play is going down the last second on the play clock. They're barely getting every play off. It looks like they're trying to make too many line adjustments right at the play with Russell. Um, Obviously, you can see they've got a ton of talent on that team. Russell Wilson has not played well at all uh, up to this point. Um, It's helping Javante Williams with a million dump-off passes a game. So that's uh, great for his stats so far. but 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 right now they just look like a team pretty confused. I, I don't think they quite know what their identity is. Um, they've obviously had some bad plays, two fumbles on the one yard line in week one. I mean, obviously it will crush any team. Uh, but I think they just got to figure out whatever they have to do in practice to kind of what's our game plan, what are we going with, and like when stuff starts hitting the fan, what's our move? Because right now they just look very confused. Where are we getting? How are we getting the ball snapped? It, it just they just don't have a good flow. And I just feel like if you don't have a good flow on offense, no matter how much talent, it's going to be really tough to be successful. Yeah, I would echo a lot of what you're saying. Um, I mean, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Hackett as a coach. Um, and, you know, Russ is new there, so maybe there's some growing pains to be had. But, yeah, I mean, two, two fumbles on the goal line is hard to come back from. I mean, maybe Houston is a little bit – maybe we're not giving them enough credit to. They tied the Colts in the first week, and that was a healthy Colts team. I know when they played the Jaguars, they were not healthy at all. Um, so it's – it's, it's a little early, but I mean, you're right with all the assessments that I think you said. I mean, Russ doesn't look great. And I mean, he, he, yeah, he threw for 219 yards, 14 completions on 31 attempts is just, it's pretty yikes. Yeah. The Browns, Amari Cooper led the team with 33% of the targets. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. buying time until their quarterback comes back. And Nick Chubb is a stud. That's kind of, that's the, that's the offensive scheme here. 
there's not really yeah run the ball play good defense i mean that's yeah. what they should be doing that's what they should be yep. doing yeah if you if you look at the the stats for this year i mean they they have decided they're getting nick chubbs their guy i mean he's leading the league right now uh a second in the league in carries uh through two weeks and i don't see them giving him the ball any less than they already have so i and Kareem Hunt's getting carries, so it's not like he's losing carries to someone else. So I think if I'm the Browns, I keep up with that. Just keep pounding the rock. Uh, you know, let Brissett make plays when he has to, but don't make, don't get him out of his comfort zone. And and if you're the Browns, you're just hoping let's let's stick in games and and let's stay within striking distance by week ten or eleven of the year. Yeah, the Buccaneers. Scotty Miller got twenty three percent of the tar of the target share, eight targets. Ugly game, a slew of backup receivers struggling to make plays, pissing off Tom Brady. Uh, he needs Godwin back. He needs Evans back. Probably neither one of them will be back this week. So it's just some growing pains for uh, Tom Brady right now. It sucks that this is probably his last year, and he's got to be, you know, this is probably the most aggravated I've ever seen him in, you know, since since he took on the field. But, you know, I, I think he'll they'll, they'll get back on track and find a way to figure this thing out. Uh, no Julio, that kind of stuff. It's when this team's all together on the field, it, it, it'll be someone to reckon, it'll be a team to reckon with. But, uh, right now, they just uh, they got to someone's got to stay. They got to get their receivers back. That's they, they got to get healthy. That's pretty much the story of the game there. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was a perfect storm too, as they just always struggle with the Saints, and the Saints just know how to play them well. Um, and I just think it, you know, yeah, guys were bad, but I think you you see this team against somebody else, they're going to look a whole lot better. I just, I mean, I was all over the under in that game. I should have put a million dollars on it. It's just, <laughs> I, I just felt like that game was going to be knockout drag out the whole way through. It was, um, I'm not worried about Tom Brady fantasy purposes overall, but he has definitely become more of a matchup start for me in a lot of leagues, as opposed to a must start, uh, depending on what type of league I'm in and how many other quarterbacks I have. But I definitely uh, subbed him out in every league. I thought I had someone reasonable to play uh, last week, and I'm probably going to stick with that strategy uh, at least going forward until they get healthy again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think Tom Brady is a must-start at all. I think they've got a really great defense that has been really coming to its own. They, they have a lot of young secondary guys, you know, Winfield Jr., um, the cornerback, the what's his name? Um, he had two picks in the game, 35, I forget his name, but uh, Carlton Davis, I think. Yeah, they've got a really good defense, and I think Brady's just going to be more of a game manager this year until Goblin's healthy, you know, Evans is suspended for a game. Um, I, I don't think he's a must-start at all. So a lot of his production, I think, will come from dumping it off to Lenny more than anything else, so. That's right. Lombardi Lenny's going to get it done. The Cardinals, Zach Hertz is uh, Marquise Brown. They're both get 22% of the target share with 11 targets. Uh, James Conner is out for a while. So Darrell Williams seems to be the next man up. Uh, maybe Indio Benjamin, but we'll see. Uh, thoughts on this offense? Um, I think I'm a little more worried than I thought I was going to be. Um, I mean, Murray did get the rushing touchdown, which is nice. I mean, he did. they did have that crazy uh, – whatever that crazy play. Um, and he, I just, I thought Murray, Murray was like a top three quarterback. I think he was the number two ranked that I had him. Um, and I really also am a huge fan of um, Marquise Brown. So I think they, they complement each other really well. I think Murray has a pretty good deep ball. Marquise Brown coming from a guy who Lamar, I don't think had a very good deep ball. Um, I thought he would, you know, explode a little bit more than he is, but I think I, I, I am just a little bit worried. I'll, I'll say that much, especially if, you know, Connor's out for a little bit, but I do like, you know, Benjamin, I think he's, I know they like split carries. I don't know what the touching touches look like, but, I, I feel like Eno might still be out there, and I'm I'm a big fan of him. He should get the ball a lot more in the passing game, I think, too. So I I love Eno Benjamin. That's my guy. I've been holding yeah. on him for a while. That's how it is. Uh, JT. Uh, Ertz, 
Yeah, Ertz is uh, my guy. I was high on him in the regular season or preseason uh, going in this year. I just felt like he was going to be kind of a safety blanket for Murray a little bit. I know he came in, banged up in the season, got a TD week one, even though he didn't see a lot of targets. But last week was a little bit more of what I was expecting to see from him this season. Um, I just think he's a guy. Uh, he, you're not going to get that blow up 80 catches, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns you had four or five years ago from him. But I definitely think he's that guy that can be that wide receiver six through eight, maybe nine. Um, and if you can get him for the right price right now, I think he's worth trading for. Um, I just think they're, I like the, I like the Cardinals defense, but I just feel like they're going to end up in a lot of shootouts this year. For some reason, I, I, I just think it's going to be a lot of this up and down. They look really good for a while. Then they look really bad for a stretch and then they got to come back. I just see a lot of that happening this year. And for fantasy purposes, I think that looks great for Murray. And I think that looks for good for Hollywood. And, and for me, I like Ertz. I just think Ertz is going to be that blanket around the end zone, especially with, that, with no DeAndre Hopkins right now. I just feel like he's the go-to guy in the red zone for Murray if he doesn't I, run the ball in. I gave away Ertz in a bunch of leagues last year before he signed that extension. I'm like, this guy's 30 years old. He catches the ball and falls over. He's not a good, you know, tight end. I'm like, there's no way he's not going to get signed anywhere. So I, I was trying to get whatever I could, like Amir Smith, Marsets, or, you know, some third round draft picks or fourth round picks. And then he got, then all this stuff happened with the team. And then he got, he got signed on a three-year contract. And I'm like, son of a biscuit. This is terrible. You know, it is what it is. But my, my favorite trade was I got him straight up for Adam Troutman in a uh, tight end premium league. And uh, yeah, glad I made that move. <laughs> Chargers, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, each got 20% of the, tar the target share. Austin Eckler, I mean, people are dogging on him, but, you know, he's not getting the same work that he had last year. But he, uh, you know, he makes some plays in the field. You see that spin move that, you know, he was I, – I, I felt sorry for him because I'm watching him catch this screen pass and a defender running a 1,000 miles an hour ready to just kill him. And he takes one step to the right, does a little spin movement, and it was like Fred Astaire on the football field. He ran for like ten yards after it. It was amazing. He's such a good football player, but he's uh he doesn't want the, the he doesn't want all that work. He, he he wants to extend his career and he wants to be a specialist, and that's what he is. What do you think about the Chargers' offense? You can go first, JT. Uh, yeah. So the Chargers. I mean, the thing about them. Outside of Herbert, I think they're going to be hard to read this year, honestly. Um, I, I think they're going to put up a ton of points. I just think it can come from so many different areas. I think you're going to see some monster games from Eckler, some absolute monsters. But I also think you're going to see some games where he just doesn't get that many touches uh, just on the game plan and what's been going on. I mean, I think it, you're it, a la Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Williams, you know, he's you just he's the ultimate boomer bust guy. You have him, he gets six or seven catches, 120 and two touches or, you know, two catches for 15 yards. He just – I think that's going to be a lot of these guys all year for them. Um, and I think it's just going to be how they work the game plan against ho whoever they're playing. Um, I, I love their offense. I have to say as a former Missouri Tiger, I would love to see Chase Daniel get a little starting action for once in his career, but the guy's made a great career out of being a backup. So definitely don't want Herbert out. I have him on a million teams and that would really suck, but uh, I, I love the Chargers offense overall. I just think it's going to be real tough outside of Herbert to figure out who's going to be the boom guy each week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Chase Daniel is, uh, you know, he's a fan favorite across the board, of course, from everybody. So it's, I, I, I like that. I'd like to see him get one start anyway, and just, to, you know, possibly just right off into sunset after the season. You know, I, I don't know how long he's gonna be around for, but I, I gotta tell you just a quick story. When he got traded 
to the Eagles when they drafted Wentz and Wentz was hurt in the preseason. I got so excited. I traded for Chase Daniel everywhere, every super flex league, every two QB league. I'm like, this is the year Chase Daniel starts all year and shows everybody who has got. And Wentz comes out and starts week one. He never even gets a start. I was like, yeah, but I tell you what, anytime somebody asks me about his career, I'm like, he has the greatest career of anyone ever. Guy has made so much money, career backup, isn't injured, has all his faculties, doesn't have any, he's he's creating all kinds of stuff off the field. He's gonna have a great broadcasting career, podcast career, whatever he wants to do. But man, that guy, you want to emulate somebody's career, he did it right. Yeah, his biggest injury is gonna be carpal tunnel from holding a clipboard for 20 years. Yeah. Uh Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, 20% uh the target share to, uh, on seven targets. This game just seemed like the Chargers defense had the Chiefs uh playbook before the game started. They really couldn't get anything rolling on here. Um, it is what it is. The Chiefs, I think they'll be they'll be back to uh, you know firing all cylinders. It's it, Chargers is such a good defense. It's it's kind of hard to play a team like that and and thrive. They still scored twenty some points, so it, they won the game. It is what it is. They got they accomplished their goal. But um, Colts, Ashton Doolin, twenty percent, twenty three percent, seven targets. Uh, this team is in trouble. Not using JT, bad quarterback play. What do you give me some thoughts on the Colts here? Well, as a season ticket holder. Uh, for the last 15 years. Uh, I am not looking forward to this weekend's game other than seeing Patrick Mahomes hopefully light it up with Juju all day long. But uh, it's good. The, the Colts are in trouble. They, this is, you know, sixth, seventh year in a row that they have just gotten off to an insanely slow start. I just don't understand it. It's every year with them, no matter what the schedule is, they just cannot come out and get it going. It's it, they, it's not that they play terrible. I mean, that the first game against Houston, they moved the ball all over the field. JT, you go back and rewatch that game, dominated. They just couldn't figure out how to punch the ball in. And because they can't figure out how to punch the ball in, Frank Reich's decided, I'm just going to go for it on fourth because I'm so angry that we can't finish off drives. And they end up wasting scoring opportunities constantly that you see come back and burn them late in games. And then – Jacksonville, I told everybody leading up the week, even without, you know, even if they had Pittman, Jacksonville is just, they are jinxed at Jacksonville. They have not played a decent game in Jacksonville in a decade. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback. It doesn't matter who's coaching. They cannot, it's like some magical thing around that stadium. They just can't play there. They got knocked out of the playoffs last year. I don't understand yeah. what it is. They're just, they're terrible. And then I told also on the other side of that, I told everybody if, Trevor Lawrence could just play the Colts at home every game. He'd be all world. He looks fantastic. <laughs> every time he plays the Colts at home, the guy looks like like the guy you saw at Clemson all the time. So I think the Colts are in trouble. Uh, I really do. I think they're going to get smoked this week by the by the Chiefs. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs all day with the points in that game. But uh, to your first guy, I do like Ashton Doolin a lot. I actually felt like as a deep league team, if you were in a 12, 14, 16 team league, I was stashing him everywhere I could as a, as a kind of one of those deep flex guys you're going to be able to play. Because I just thought with all the injuries they've had, how much they struggled to get their stars involved on the, in the passing game, I just felt like he was one of those guys that was going to get some garbage points for you and he was going to be able to actually be in the mix a little bit. Yeah. Jesse, commanders, Curtis Samuel, 35%, nine targets. Uh, balanced, receive, a balanced receiving core now with uh, Jahan Dotson. He's a stud. Terry McLaurin. Like, what's the story with the commanders here? Are, are they going to stick with Antonio Gibson even when Brian Robinson comes back? What do you, you think is going on here? 
Yeah, I mean, um, they probably should. I, I hope that was the plan all the way there. I think Antonio Gibson is just underrated by the fantasy community. I think he was going initially a little bit too high, and then he dropped to like 70 or 75 overall. It was all over that. I mean, he was, you know, we've heard that a billion times he was a receiver in college, whatever. He's also like a really tough runner between the tackles. I think he does a lot. Um, and the commanders, I mean, as much as Wentz isn't really that good of a quarterback, it's probably the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's had. I mean, Curtis Samuel, they get him involved all the time. I mean, uh, in the Jacksonville game, I'm actually Jackson. I don't know if you can see my Jags hat, but yeah. um, in the uh, in the Jags um, opener or whatever like that, he was he was all over the place. He looked great. I mean, he looked great. I would I would be buying Curtis Samuel all over the place. And I was even saying that uh, over Jahan Dotson, who had like what like four catches and two of them were touchdowns. I mean, they were good plays. A little bro- broken coverage by Shaquille Griffin on one of them, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Curtis. I like um, Gibson. I would. I don't think you can really get them for value anymore. But I'm I'm all over both those guys, and I like Terry a lot too. He's got his best quarterback that he's ever had in his entire career. So I'm I'm yeah. all about that Commanders offense. They got a good line still too. JT Cowboys, CD Lamb, thirty five percent, eleven targets. The rest of this Cowboys team, they don't really have much. They off. I mean, it seems like Tony Pollard's kind of taking over the backfield here. Give me uh, some insight on the Cowboys. Yeah, C.D. Lamb, a guy, you know, I was trying to trade at the height of value this offseason in Dynasty as much as I possibly could just because I wasn't – I just – I didn't believe like a lot of other people believed. Not that I didn't think he would be a good player. I just thought his value was as high as it was going to get. Um, I mean, at this point, he's got every opportunity – to make a name for himself without Dak here. Cooper Rush has got to throw the football. Um, I This Cowboys team, as far as the fantasy purposes are concerned, I don't want to play these guys unless I have to for the most part. Honestly, CD, I think you play CD every week. Schultz, I was kind of pumped uh, about his chances here with the backup QB, but now the uh, knee injury, I've got him shelved on a, on a, a bunch of teams. I was looking to possibly move him uh, maybe two weeks ago on teams that was deep. Uh, I don't think you can do that now for the right value. Um, Zeke, uh, I try to get him at, at value in every draft this year. And I don't know if I got enough value. Uh, he's, he's looking rough to start here. Pollard's look solid. Um, again, I, I like those guys, but it's hard to play those guys outside of a flex at this point. Yeah, right. Exactly. It is what it is. Uh, the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, 19, up 38% with 19 targets. This was a crazy game where the Dolphins, uh, the Ravens defense just looked like they had no idea what was going on. Miami was scoring at will. A lot of yak going on here. 199 yards and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone for Tua Tagovailoa. So, I mean, uh, Jesse, tell me about the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the big Tua fan. I've always been a huge fan. Um, and he's got two great receivers. There's no need to throw the ball to anyone else except maybe Mike Gusecki, who I still believe in. Um, at least you can get him for cheap, and uh, he's a tight end. So, I mean, how many good tight ends are there? We talked about Cole Komet, who was drafted probably around the same row above him. He doesn't even have a catch yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to throw the ball to Waddle and Hill. They're going to create space for them, and it's going to be great if you're one of those two guys. The running back situation is pretty fluid. I wouldn't go chasing the rushes that Raheem Mostert have. I would probably be in on Chase Edmonds more than anyone else, but I'm really not in on any of those guys. It should be the two a show. If they're going to run the ball, they're going to run the ball through the air with the two guys, Tyreek and Jayla and uh, Waddle. So yeah, they yeah. they just need to get a blocking tight end and get let let Mike Gesicki go somewhere where he can thrive. It's kind of yeah, I feel true. bad that he only gets yeah. these two targets a game and you know stuff like that where he gets he has to make these exceptional jump in the air, ten foot high like crazy catches in the back of the end zone to make anything happen for his fantasy outlook or his the team outlook anyway. And oh, you know, if they, 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say biggest burn for me this year. I actually had a, a league where I had Tua and Waddle on the bench. Cool. Scored me scored me 82 <laughs> points. I, it's, a, it's a team where I'm like absolutely loaded. And so it's like week to week I'm trying to decide yeah. who to play. And I'm like, oh, it's 82 points on the bench. I still won, but I'm like 82 points. And then I had an overall points league where Tua, it's all bonuses for big plays. Tua scored me 64 on my bench. I was like, not going to get those points back at the end of the year. I guarantee it. <laughs> We've all been there, boy. Uh, the Eagles, A.J. Brown at uh, 25% of the target show with eight targets. Uh, this was a uh, Jalen Hurts kind of game. Um, what do you uh, – Jesse, tell me about the Eagles. Um, yeah, I mean, I – like, I haven't – I have to check what the what the um, difference was between Goddard and um, – uh, God, Smith, because I feel like if one goes off the other, I know Smith had like 80 yards, I want to say I'm like eight catchers or something like that. Um, but I mean, AJ Brown is a stud. I just, I was worried about Hurts coming to the season as like a passer. Oh, Goddard had a good game too. Okay. I was worried about, um, him as a passer, but he looked great. I mean, he yeah. looked like he could support everyone. And I mean, he did in this game, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if I really buy that. Um, but I would buy AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown's a stud. You got him at a value. Congratulations. Good job. You did it. I mean, he's great. And I believe that I just didn't think the quarterback was there, but who hurts look real good. And I think Smith and Goddard are going to be up and down because I'm not sure if Hertz is going to be this good all year. It possibly is. And I was just wrong. And I have to readjust after like I see it a few more times, but I, I'm still a little skittish on starting Smith. Um, I mean, Goddard, you probably draft him to be your starting tight end. So you probably just go ahead and start him anyway. But I, I think he could put up like, a goose egg or like a really low total here and there where Devonte goes off and the other way around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that is what it is. I like Kenny Gamewell still. I know he didn't do well, but um, he didn't really yeah, get that yeah. But I still like him. He's still a good player. Um, yeah, that's I a like deeper him too. league thing. It's a deeper league, I, yeah. I like him too. I, he dropped the pass and he kind of, I was like, ah, oh, it was wide open. And, he, and then he got a couple penalties on, on runs that he had. So I, I like him a lot too. Uh, JT, Falcons, uh, Drake London, 46% on 12 targets. He's a stud. You know, he's keeping Pitts from being uh, a stud. What's the um, – they're going to have to start freeing up. one Every week there's going to be – it's going to be London or Pitts, I think. It's, it's, there's no way to stop both of them. But is it going to be like uh, you just cover Pitts and see what happens with Drake London? It's going to bite you in the butt too. Yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what about these guys? Going to this season, I kind of thought – that this was going to be a sneaky good fantasy team. Not because I thought they were going to be that great overall. I just felt like their defense isn't that good and they were going to get stuck, you know, in a lot of shootouts, a lot of chances to make plays, get that, you know, that everyone loves it. Those garbage fourth quarter, you know, fantasy points. Um, London's actually been better than I thought. I have to be honest, 25 leagues. I don't have him on one team. Uh, he just was going too high for me in almost every league, and, and I didn't go it. I was higher on a couple of the rookies, so I kind of let people have him. So far, making me look wrong on there. He's looked real good. Um, Pitts, I, I think this is a perfect example of people going the first two weeks of the season and overreacting. Uh, he hasn't got in, but I just I, I don't know how at this point where you drafted him. I don't care where you took him. It took him too high to not play him. So you got to play him. Um, I think he's going to get the targets. He's going to see that share and you're going to see that person that sits him on the bench. And then he goes off for 11 catches for 120 and two touchdowns. And people are going to be, you know, punching themselves in the face. But I think both those guys, I think there's going to be enough targets to go around. Uh, we talked about a little pre-show, my boy, Brian Edwards. I just thought this was going to be his chance to get involved a little bit on this team. And he's got nothing. I mean, he's got nothing. Yeah. I just, oh, it's, it's, the guy's got so much talent. 
got just the perfect NFL body and size. I just don't understand why he can't seem to get it together. But, man, I, I had so much hope, and that hope is starting to dwindle big time. I was thinking the same thing. They had these two big body guys who can go up and get the ball. That's all Mariota's got to do is just throw these, you know, ducks in the air, whatever he's got to do. And these guys will go up and get it and make plays happen. And yeah, it's the same situation with me. I got him in a lot of leagues too, but I tried to trade in Drake London and uh, tried trading Javante Williams for Drake London and Pitts this morning and got laughed at. So it is what it is. It's, you know, <laughs> hey, I, it's, it's, it's I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you draft a pitch, you're a believer. You're not, you're probably not going them too far, you know, trading them away or anything like that. So that's just, yeah. It is a lot. I mean, Javante is worth way more than each one of these guys individually, but, you know, a combined package for both of them, I thought was fair, but I understand. Yeah. See, if you're Pitts is a game changer at tight end, I mean, you got a thousand yards as a rookie. He's not going anywhere, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I just, tight end is such an important position in, in, in tight end premium, but he's not producing right now, but we all know that down the road, he will be, uh, you know, something special going forward. So it, I, I mean, I'm going to keep trying keep trying to buy low on pits from everybody that gets pissed off and I'll get them somewhere from, you know, for whatever, but somebody will give in. It didn't happen today. So it is what it is. Thanks, Nick, you jerk. <laughs> uh, 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, 34%, eight targets. Trey Lance is out. Jimmy GQ, the most handsome man in football is in Uh TDP. has got a high angle sprain. Mitchell's out. Like what's going on with the 49ers here? Is this offense uh, now is Jimmy G back in going to make this thing a, a, a finely tuned, well-oiled machine here or what? JT, go ahead. A uh, little Jimmy G story for you back in the day, backing up the Patriots. I go to meet my one of my buddies, uh, Ike, on Mass Avenue before the Patriots-Colts game. I get out of the car. I see this super tall, handsome man in the corner of my eye. And I look over. I was like, man, what's, what's going on? I look over. Jimmy G meeting up a lady 9.30 a.m. before the game. I was like, Jimmy G, just all day. <laughs> they had his sweatpants on, go meet. I was like, this, I was like, man, life of a backup Q. This is Tom Brady heyday, so he knew he wasn't going to play. <laughs> but I was like, living the dream, meeting chicks in town. I'm like, this is great. But that's my Jimmy G story. So uh, I actually think this Niners offense, it, you know, nothing against Trey Lance. I think you guys got a lot of ability. I think he could end up being awesome for fantasy purposes. But I think this Niners team is probably better with Jimmy G at quarterback, at least this year. Agreed. Um, just as he knows the team, he knows the system. They know he knows how to get those guys involved. If they could ever get Kittle back healthy, I might actually kind of start liking this offense. I, I'm not a big fan of it in general. I'm a guy that's down on IU. I always have been. I've just never really loved him uh, in general. Debo, I think, got a ton of ability. Everybody likes Debo. Um, if they can figure out how to keep getting touches and they get Kittle back, I mean, team's got a tough defense. I mean, this team could be in a lot of, a lot of tough games, close games. Uh, but I actually think Jimmy G gives this team a, a, a better, higher fantasy upside for everyone outside of the QB, if, if that makes any sense. Who's the better team, the Eagles or the 49ers? I think the Eagles, honestly. I The Eagles, it blows my mind that I'm saying this. I watched this game last night, and I was like, I kind of thought the Eagles were going to be like a little bit of an uptick team this year. Their defense looked way better than I thought they were going to look. I mean, if their defense plays that tough all year in the division they're in, and Hurts can even play 75% of the way he played last night, this Eagles team is going to be real tough because you saw they got talent. They got Devontae Smith. They got A.J. Brown. Gainwell, like you said, 
couple big plays out of him got called back or he has a totally different night. Miles Sanders, everybody forgets about him. He's the forgotten man because he doesn't score touchdowns, but he actually looked pretty solid as well. He had like 80 yards rushing. So, I mean, I just, they kind of feel like just that right balance. And if the defense is good and Hurst isn't playing from behind, having to make plays, I feel like this team could be really good this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Giants, Sterling Shepard at 29% with 10 targets. 2-0. and This terrible team is getting it done. Uh, Jesse, what to tell me about the Giants. Um, yeah, I think some uh, an encouraging thing, uh, and maybe this isn't like deeper stuff for sure, but Daniel Jones had 10 rushes, which I thought was nice. He also had like a rush on the goal, on the goal line, which I thought was pretty cool. I like they designed a run for him, not just like a QB sneak or anything like that. He's a guy that I'm interested in a little bit, but I mean, the real travesty here is they're not playing Kadarius Tony, who's like the best player, best offensive player, besides Saquon Barkley on their team. And that's just, I, I don't know why. I I don't know if you can even roster Tony at this time, but I mean, he they could just start him for like a game and, and he'll, he'll go off. He's, he's that good. I, I totally believe in him. It just sucks he's not getting the playing time. I'm not really sure why or what the issue is, but he gets traded, he gets moved, something happens and uh, something happens where he gets on the field somehow, he's going to be amazing. I mean, Saquon's already amazing. Um, I'm not really into Sterling Shepard, but if he's getting, he's out on the field, someone's going to catch balls from him. And he's the best guy that they have that's actually playing out there besides, you know, Saquon. So, I mean, I guess I like Sterling. I wouldn't start him unless I had to. Um, and I don't think you should because we're not doing, there haven't been enough injuries and it's not like bye weeks yet where you, I don't really think you need to start him in like a regular league. But um, yeah, the Canary thing just got me sad. But I like Daniel Jones in a deeper league. It's really my takeaways. Yeah. Kenny G is officially dead. Why is okay. Kenny G dead? Someone tell me why Kenny G is dead. I can't understand it. He has just completely disappeared. It's true. It's true. I, I can't tell you either. I think only him and the coaching staff are just him can tell you, you know? The pride of St. Rita High School. No, yeah, I get it. Uh, Jaguars, Evan Ingram, JT. Jaguars, Evan Ingram, 28% with eight targets. Trevor and Christian Kirk making strides together. Is uh and is Travis Etienne a bust? Like, what's going on with him? Like, he's why is he giving up to an undrafted free agent? Well, I don't think Etienne's a bust. James Robinson, we have forgot, was good. He was good. He was really good, and he's looked solid. Um, I I just don't think he's just gonna let Etienne take that job. I really don't. Uh, this Jags team, I think, is sneaky fantasy good. I actually think they're sneaky kind of good in real life as well. Um, I was real big on T Law and Kurt coming into the season. I just I like the idea of that matchup. Um, I watched a lot of tape on T Law last year. That coaching staff was a mess. The wide receivers, no one was running the right routes. I mean, it was – if you went back and watched it close enough, I mean, it was an absolute disaster all the way around. Guys were, running, I, guys were running right into each other in the middle of routes. Oh, it, I mean, it, it was it was just crazy. I mean, he's throwing picks, but he's throwing the ball exactly where he's supposed to go, and the wideouts are running in a completely different direction. It, it was nuts. But I just – I felt like a bounce back year from him. I also felt like there was a chance they're going to be down in games. He was going to be a little more proficient and get a chance to throw the ball a little bit more. Um like I said, I, I got Christian Kirk. I, I have to look at my roster share, but it's it's an insane amount at this point. I think I'm at like 15 of 25 leagues I have Christian Kirk in. I mean, I just loved him. And then my sneaky, sneaky play in deep leagues was Zay Jones. 
I just felt like Zay Jones was going to be that guy, and I think he's going to hit a couple times this year. Obviously, in a regular 10-team league, maybe 12-team leagues, pushing to play him unless you're starting 12 or 14 guys. But I, I still like Zay Jones as a guy that's going to give you some worth in those deeper leagues uh, where you're trying to find somebody. I think he's going to catch on as the year goes on. He looked great in preseason. Um, I actually just like a lot of these guys. And, and Ingram, again, a guy, if he could somehow stay healthy – you figure he, he can be decent. We forgot. I mean, you just almost forgot about him. He hasn't played barely in three or four years, but he's guys got talent. And uh, I just think we're at the point where T law is starting to figure it out. He's got a better coaching staff that actually knows what the heck they're doing. And I think you're just going to see that improvement all year from him. And if their defense can play like they did against the Colts on Sunday, they're going to, he's going to be a lot more confident because he's not going to be back there just chucking it up into too deep coverage because everybody's winning by a ton. So I, I actually like this Jags team. I, I think if you're looking for a crazy bet right now, I think you take Jags to win the AFC South is kind of a sneaky bet, outside bet right now. Nice. Jesse, this is your team. Tell me about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I have to chime in. Um, I do think <laughs> Travis Etienne actually is going to be a bust. He was on my bus list coming into it. I mean, you see the stat line, nine rushes, three catches. Um, that's a stat line you're going to see a lot. And I don't think he's going to be – he does have explosive plays. He can make plays like that. But this guy goes down like a like a bag of rocks or whatever, like every time he's touched. Um, I'm just I'm, – I'm not a huge fan. And like we are talking about, James Robinson is back to being who James Robinson was before, he, before the Achilles tear. He looks really good. The culture on defense looked pretty good. They stopped him a bunch, even though he did have that long run that kind of like made his day, the long touchdown run that Robinson had. Um, but Robinson also had two catches. I mean, the first game, Etienne dropped a ball on the goal line on fourth and goal for them to get a touchdown. And James Robinson literally made the same play like 10 minutes later. Um, I, I just, if you can sell Travis Etienne as someone who really believes in him, I would do it now because you're going to see a lot of 10 carries for 30 yards and maybe five receptions, three receptions for like 20 to 25 yards. And then maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. Um, I think he was overdrafted, and I think you should try and look for a different guy. But Kirk, Christian Kirk's on the other on the other side. He is such a value. You did a great job of getting him wherever you got him, and I would hold him because he's going to be amazing. I think he has. I think he's like one of the best separators in the NFL right now, per like next gen stats. Um, he's looked great. Trevor's looked great. I totally agree with a lot of what we're saying. Coaching staff was terrible last year. Doug Peterson's a great coach. Yeah, the Jets. Garrett Wilson, fifteen targets, thirty-five to thirty-four percent of the team's uh, um, offense is the. Is he the number one going forward on this on this offense over Elijah Moore? And, and and another question is: Does Joe Flacco keep his job even when even when Zach Wilson is healthy? Um, yeah. I, I'd go first forever. Um, I I don't think Flacco should. The first game he got to throw like fifty balls because they were just like not really in it or right. Yeah, they weren't really in it at all, and they should have scored more. They got they got three free goals against uh, Baltimore. They should have scored more for sure. Um, he looked okay against the Browns, even though they had no business winning that game. Um, I think it might be more of a carousel than people are thinking of. It could be Wilson one week. It could be Corey Davis one week. It could be Elijah Moore the next week, especially if they make a quarterback change. And I think they should because I think the Jets have a lot of good players on them. I, mean, I can name five position players that I like. You know, Carter, Hall, um, Elijah Moore, the receivers that we just talked about. They're all really good. I, I don't think they're all going to be able to eat every week. Like, I mean, they did in the first week and kind of, you know, in the second except for Elijah Moore. Um, but I, I think it'll be kind of like a, a rotation, a revolving door. Um, yeah, I like Garrett Wilson. Else. I like Garrett Wilson, but I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not jumping in with two feet right now to grab him anywhere. Like I, I, I am with Drake London, but not with Garrett Wilson. Even though I think they're both going to be fantastic, uh, you know, fantastic receivers for a long time. So, yeah, I uh, agree with that. 
The Lions. I hate, I hate Flacco. I can't help myself. I, as, a, <laughs> as a Steelers fan who's always hated Flacco, I, I, I can't even believe he is relevant. I, it blows my mind that he's even starting right now. But you know, I, I, I think you have to go back to Zach Wilson. The absolute second that he is fully healthy, you got to go back to Zach Wilson. Is Joe Flacco elite or no? <laughs> Hey, one good year where they gave up a ridiculous 70-something yard <laughs> touchdown pass because the defense just fell on their face so they didn't realize they could throw the ball that far. Uh, it's, no, I mean, you take away that play, the Joe Flacco career is completely looked at in a totally different story. If you're elite, you're elite. Just come on. You got to do what you got to do. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Lions, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, 35% of the team's target, 12 targets. Dan Campbell is a great dude. Amon Ra is for real. Jeff Is Jared Goff making plays? Is he going to stick around on this team? If he keeps doing this, it's a good sign because they can re-sign him to a long-term contract, and they can still rebuild around Jared Goff, who they already have on the team, who already knows the receivers, and they're getting Jameson Williams back too. How I mean, how good is this Lions team going to be? For me, I think it speaks volumes that they look like they were not even remotely interested in taking a QB last year in the draft after everybody said they were going to take a QB. For me, once they – I mean, the guys just kept dropping. I mean, they had every opportunity to take a guy, every opportunity without moving up, without just guys falling in their lap, and they looked like they were not interested at all. To me, that gives a lot of comments to Jared Goff. moving forward. I, I really do. I think he's a guy that's an underrated guy that works for Detroit. He's not flashy. I think he, I think he's a better QB than people give him credit for. I mean, the guy was in a Super Bowl. I, he's way better than Joe Flacco in my mind. Uh, but I, I, I just think this, this Lions offense has a lot of upside. Uh, St. Brown, he's a guy I liked. I don't have him anywhere because he just didn't get to where I would take him. But obviously, everybody that was all over in the offseason right now, he's making making them look like geniuses because he's going to be great. And just think about this team. They don't even have Jameis Williams I mean, when they get him in there, that's just another guy that's going to gonna cook on offense. I just – I think they have a lot of talent all around on this offensive team. And if they can figure out how to make DeAndre Swift even a quarter of the old Barry Sanders, get him in the ball, let him make plays, I mean, it, they're going to make work. And, and Swift's look great if he can stay healthy. And I feel like they're using him correctly in that offense, uh, just giving a little bit of plays here and there and letting them get in space and make, make big plays. Uh, I, I actually think this Lions team is going to be much improved. Uh, they, they look a lot better. Yeah, if they could just get I – mean, the offensive line's awesome. The running backs are awesome. The receivers – next season when they come into – I don't know how they're going to do this year. It's kind of still a crapshoot for me. I You know, I, I don't – I'm not uh, sure how this team's going to pan out. But next year, if they can go in the draft and pick up a bunch of good defenders and, and just kind of – keep this offense the way it is. I I mean, they can do special things next year going forward. You know, this it is a really good team. I but, mean, what's uh, the oldest guy on their offense? I mean, I'd have to look up stats, but they're, they're young. I mean, they're cost. young across. I, that's what I'm saying. They're young across the board. And as far as QBs are concerned, Goff's not an old QB by any means in today's NFL standards. So, I mean, you've got a really great base there. I think you're right. It just comes down to, picking the right guys on defense. And that's been their biggest issue. They've made draft picks on defense, but those guys have just not turned out at all. Uh, but you, you can tell this is a team who likes their head coach 
and is playing hard for him and they want to win because they want him to stick around. You can't say that for a lot of coaches in the NFL. So I, 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 at least for me, you got those young guys that really like you and instead of despise you. I think that says a, says a lot for Campbell and says a lot for the lions. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse, I mean, oh, sorry, I, I mean, you know, Goff, just give him a good offensive line. He's good. We saw that in L.A., and we're seeing that in Detroit. I mean, if you also look at, like, when they actually started to use uh, Amon Ross St. Brown last year, I mean, Goff looked like a legit starting quarterback. I mean, I, I, I tweeted out about it a while ago, but it's – he just he, – he's a quarterback when he gets time, and they're finally using Amon Ross St. Brown. So, I, I'm very happy with that. And, you know, Jeff Okuda, you know, one of their draft picks that didn't really pan out so far, he's looking pretty good this year. He's finally healthy, so – We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this team. I also like Chark, too. I think he takes the top off defenses. He can be good like that. And if he's dropped in, like, a, a deeper league this, this uh, week, you, you might as well give him a pickup. I, I don't think zeros, like, zeros across the border in a lot of his future stats. But, you know, that's all I want to say real quick. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll elaborate on the Packers for me as long as you're still talking. Sammy Watkins got 16% of the target share with four. They didn't have to – I mean, they didn't really have to pass much. This team, Aaron Jones is, is a stud. This offense runs through Jones and Dillon. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to find an alpha sooner in the offense. If they're going to compete with people because right now they, they really don't know their identity in the passing game. But um, tell me about the Packers. Well, I think this team could be like a Browns, except with a 10,000 better quarterback and also a better defense. Like, I think they're just going to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers never turns the ball over. He doesn't throw picks. And that's kind of what's going to happen. I have no interest in Sammy Watkins. I only really have interest in the running backs. That's that's pretty much it. Um, Dylan did get more carries, and I think he's good in the passing game, too. Um, I, I'm not interested in anyone else besides the running backs. I'm not really interested in Rodgers. In like a one quarterback league, 12 team, 10 person league, I don't think he needs to be rostered. No, not at all. Yeah, he feels like a guy who's going to be super efficient this year for real NFL. But yeah. in fantasy, I just don't see him putting up 30, 35, 40 point games for you. I just he feels like a 225, one or two touchdowns. You know, maybe 25 yards rushing but they're just going to win games. I just feel like he, unless I have him in a two QB league or a super flex, that's my second guy. And if I could find somebody that will take him off my hands for a draft pick or somebody younger, I would definitely be looking to move Rogers uh, right now. Yeah. The Panthers, DJ Moore got uh, DJ Moore and Shai Smith both had 20% with six targets. Um, what, when this when the other teams key on CMC and the offense is just ugly. I, uh, JT, what do you think about the Panthers? Uh, I was one of those guys who just said, screw it. I'm all in on CMC this year. I made trades everywhere for him. I just looked at his value the year before. It was about half this year of what I could get acquire him for. So I went and got him in a ton of leagues. Um, I still think the upside's there. But, man, if he doesn't get the amount of touches, they just if, – if they don't get the right script, it just seems like it's it's a struggle. Um and I, you know, I still am not 100% sold on Baker. I just don't know what that means for him and everything else uh, there. They could be better. They could get worse. I, 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 I have no. Right now, I don't know what to think about this Panthers team. I don't know if they're going to be decent or if they're going to end up being horrible uh, at the end of the year. But I'm holding on CMC right now. Um, I'm hoping they figure out a way to get him a little more involved. Maybe it's just coming out early. We want to get him some touches. We won't want to get him too many. Just let him work his way in. I'm not sure, but obviously if you took CMC, you took him early. Or if you traded for him, you traded a decent amount for him. So you you, you want to see him get a lot more touches than he is right now. 
I hope that Baker and DJ Moore just start hooking up a little bit. I mean, it's 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 getting ridiculous, the underutilization of DJ Moore throughout his entire career. Everybody thought this was going to be a match made in heaven, uh, you know, that to get DJ Moore on, on a fantasy scope, you know, but these he finally had a touchdown. It's 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 just ridiculous how wide this some guys just go to teams and they just they can never really luck out with a quarterback. Can you imagine if DJ Moore was on like the you know the the, the Packers right now, like with, with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it would be insane. But it just doesn't never works out that way for whatever reason. But, um, again, I think it's like it, it, I think it has something to do with certain QBs. Because again, you look at certain teams, you look at the the Bills. Everybody knows Diggs is going to get the ball, and you know what? Diggs gets the ball, and he still gets the ball. And he still gets yards. You know, Devontae Adams when he's on the Packers, he got the ball. Everybody knew he was getting the ball. He still got the ball. So I think I think it comes down to a lot of these QBs. It's QB play. They know how to get their guy the ball, and they know that they have the confidence in them. And I think a lot of these other quarterbacks, they look that way, and if he's not immediately there, they get nervous and just drop it off to somebody else, go to the next read. Because um, you're going to see certain teams, certain QBs, it doesn't matter what you do, they get their guy the ball. And other teams, it just seems like they struggle, struggle, struggle every week to get their studs the ball. It, 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 it's it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick Jet. on the Panthers, too. I just want to say Baker might just be a wide receiver one curse. And um, McCaffrey rushed for 15 yards. He had four catches and they only threw the ball 29 times. I think it's encouraging to see him run 12 between the tackles. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Well, Jesse, what do you think about is Jacoby Myers the only fantasy relevant option on the Patriots? I think that's, it's kind of been that way for like a while. I, I did, oh, to be fair, I liked Kendrick Bourne in best ball because you can get him in like the last round and he's kind of a consistent guy that can just like catch a few balls and like, you know, give you a little bit there. But I mean, I love Jacoby Myers. He's great. I wish he was on a different team. Um, Nelson Aguilar had a great catch, um, but I don't know if he's going to give you value week to week. Um, the running back situation is always unclear there. Even if people are hurt, I don't care. It's still probably going to be unclear. So I, I like Myers, but you probably have better wide receivers most likely already. The Raiders, Hunter Henfro, 25% with 10 targets. Josh Jacobs is getting most of the work. Uh, they were winning this game, and somehow they figured out a way to, to blow it. I mean, Hunter Renfro uh, fumble really kind of uh, – I think he had back-to-back fumbles in reality. Uh, you know, but the Raiders are a pretty good team. I think people had a lot more uh, – after week one when Devontae Adams and Carr, like, went nuts. I don't know where the wheels fell off this week, but uh, J- JT, tell me about the, uh, the Raiders. I mean, I think the Raiders are going to be fantasy relevant for most of the season. Um, I think they're an improved team, but I, I'm not completely sold on that defense yet. If they don't get pressure on the quarterback, they they struggle. They they just do. Um, when they get pressure on the QB, you know their defense looks a whole lot better than it does at other times. So I mean, they're relying on Crosby. They're relying on Chandler Jones. If those guys don't get in there, then I think they're going to give up points. I think you're going to see. A lot of Raiders shootouts this year. A lot of shootouts. So I I feel pretty confident playing any Raider player I have. Um, almost unless I just loaded on a team. I'm pretty much if I have a Raider, I'm playing them. Um, I think Josh Jacobs was a steal in most drafts this year. If you could get him mid rounds, especially in redraft, I just I just think he's going to keep getting touches. I think he's going to get carries. I think you're going to get him involved. Um, Devontae Adams obviously had a down week, but I, you're going to, he's going to have mostly monster weeks. Uh, even with the fumbles, Hunter Henry, Hunter Renfro, he's, he's just a, I mean, you know, any kind of point per reception league, he's a beast. So you got to play him. So Waller's still got to get, kind of get going, but 
I'm playing these guys no matter what, personally. I just I just think they're going to be, especially in the AFC West, there's going to be a lot of shootouts. I just think they're going to have to get in there and just throw, throw, push the ball on offense all the time. Yeah, I got a bad taste in my mouth holding Josh Jacobs as my flex player in most of my leagues and three receiver team leagues. So I got two running backs, three receivers, and generally speaking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jacobs is my first or second flex on most teams. But it's working out. It, it was kind of hard. I don't like him. But he, he's someone that you kind of have to hold on to for fantasy, and it is what it is. I mean, he's he's getting this much work. There's, you have no choice but to keep using, keep plugging him in your lineup. Exactly. I don't think anybody's excited about playing him. Right. Nobody's like, yeah, let's get Josh Jacobs in the lineup. Man, yes, but I, he's just he's gonna get enough looks, enough carries, enough attempts right. that he's a play. Again, if he's your first or second running back, you're probably like, oh, uh, blah. But if he's your third running back, you're playing him in a flex. I mean, you gotta feel. You got to feel really good about that just because I just think he's going to be in a productive offense. And I mean, I know everybody was over the rookies. Everybody's all over Abdul with the signing. I just don't see this team moving that direction in any way unless Jacobs gets hurt. Yeah. The Rams, Cooper Cup, 38% of the targets at 14. Acres, I think Acres will eventually take this job over soon. I don't know what happened week one, but I think it's a little, it's just a matter of time before he's the go to guy here. What do you think about the Rams, uh, Jesse? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I disagree. I think that Akers and Henderson will split. I think what we saw on Sunday will be kind of what's going on for the rest of the, of the year. I don't think – I think Henderson gets a bad rap for just – I think he's better than people give him credit for. He's not good. I don't think he's bad, and I'm not sure how good I think Cam Akers really is. Um, I think we'll see a lot of splits here. Got to be a little worried about Allen Robinson. That touchdown was helpful, but, um, you know, Stafford looks good. Um, and that's really all I care about. Um, at least throwing – at least he'll be throwing the ball a lot. Um, I know we had the turnovers that almost had them lose this game, but still, I I, I think you gotta be pretty happy with. Um, I'm not happy with. It. I I Allen Robinson's a little bit scary for me, I, and you know I'm a Penn State fan. I'm a Jaguars fan. I love Allen Robinson. I think he's really good. I thought he was unfairly maligned in Chicago, like a lot of people. But as long as Matt Stafford's throwing the ball well, it should be okay for him. But you probably paid a little bit too much for him. And I just think the backfield's the most interesting thing. I'm surprised they don't have the rookie involved at all, which I guess is good for Henderson and Akers, but I think we'll see a lot of what we saw on Sunday, a lot of splits. Yeah, yeah, I got to agree with Jesse there on Akers. I, I'm just not an Akers guy. I just am not. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just don't think he's great. I sold him everywhere I had him for as much as I possibly could in the offseason. And I'm a total Henderson guy. I don't, I've always liked Henderson. I think he's solid. Again, if he's your RB2, you're worried. If he's your fourth running back that you can play in bye weeks and using a flex, I like him. I'm playing Henderson in a ton of leagues this week. I just think I think Henderson is going to be solid. I think he's a solid player. I think he's highly underrated as far as his talent is concerned. Uh, I don't think he, you know, he's anything blow up about or anything go crazy. But I, I think he he's a better running back than a lot of people get him credit for. Um, and for his cost, I just think for his cost all day, every day. I mean, I got the one four for acres in a league this year. I mean, and I turned around and got Henderson traded back for Henderson for like a fourth round draft pick. I mean, it's just, it was ridiculous. I was like, I'll do that move all day long. So I, I just, I know people like cam acres. I just have, even before the injury, I wasn't a huge cam acres guy. I liked Henderson a little bit more. Um, I think he brings a little more toughness to that Rams team than people think, especially how much you're going to throw the ball. But but I, I, I like him too. 
I like Henderson too, but he's 26. He's already got, I mean, I traded, I just traded him after week one when he took over the offense. I traded him for a second round uh, draft rookie pick next year to a team that had no business trading for a second round draft, but who traded away an early second. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that move. Oh, if you can get a second rounder for him in a dynasty, I, I like that move, especially as an early second. I mean, I got Henderson in a ton of dynasty leagues coming out in early mid second. So I think if you can trade him four years later for basically where he went four years ago, I'm all over that. Range. The Ravens, Mark Andrews, uh 37% target share with 11, 11, 11 targets uh, is likely the third option on his team. And they really need to establish some kind of running game to control the clock. Besides Lamar, Lamar Jackson, he knows his contract is, you know, not coming or whatever the deal may be. He's not in negotiations anymore. So he's not, throwing his body around like he used to, like, you know, going doing everything he possibly can to get this offense going or some kind of spark. They need Dobbins back here. They really need some kind of a spark at the running game. They're like, they're like the opposite of the Packers, you know? So uh, tell me about the Ravens, Jesse. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of just like a Lamar Bateman, Andrew. So likely he's a rookie. He's a tight end. I know they use a lot of like tight end, a lot of tight ends in their, in their sets. Um, but I, I think I think you pretty much just said it. They need to get like their star running back back so they can actually you know run up the clock and not have Lamar do what he did on Sunday just to keep them in the game. Olave, it's the Saints. Chris Olave, thirty-two percent target share on thirteen targets. He's a stud. Jameis really stark struggled here, but I mean he threw the ball a lot. He had tons of air yards. They need Elvin Kamara back. I think when Kamara's back, this offense clicks on all cylinders. But without like the focal point of the offense, it's almost like the Panthers without without CMC. The same kind of situation, but hopefully Kamara's back soon and this offense clicks. JT, what do you think about the Saints? I, I think the Saints need to go old school Ravens. You know, when the Ravens, when when Lamar was a rookie, second year guy, they pounded the rock, they played tough defense, and they got ahead and they were able to use that play action, put Lamar in great positions. I think they can do the same thing with Jameis. Uh, you get Kamara going. I, their defense, I think, is elite. I think they're going to be keeping them in every game this year. So I, I think the days of old Winston throwing for a million yards, a million plays all over for Tampa, isn't. you're not going to see that guy in fantasy anymore. Uh, not necessarily because I don't think he can be that guy. I just don't think that's what's going to work for the Saints. Um, but I think if this team can play tough defense, they get Kamara back, they can start working the play action. They can start working a lot of things. I think you can see some really big plays for Alave, you know, Michael Thomas, see if he can possibly come back. But, I mean, if they can play in a positive game script, I think you're going to see a lot better play out of Winston. And I actually think even though they don't have to throw the ball, you're going to see better consistency and bigger plays out of them because they are going to be up. Teams are going to be pressed a little bit, and they're going to be able to do what they one offensively, which I think is a positive for them uh, not having to play from behind. Yeah, they're just proving right now that their weapons are across the board. Everybody's had this is two weeks in a row that somebody's had a big game. So everyone of receivers will be, you know, is it could be a fantasy option in in any week going when Kamara's back and you have three or four options to choose from on this offense, I, they're going to be dangerous, especially with that defense. Like you said, as long as James doesn't turn the ball over and throw these interceptions, they're, they're almost unstoppable, man. This team is, is they are phenomenal. They just have to get their crap together. Uh, Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, 36%, 11 targets. This offense is just ugly to watch. I, I know. Jesse, what do you think about the Seahawks? Um, I guess my one piece of like actionable advice might be see if you can buy DK Metcalf kind of low because 
I don't think it matters as much of the of the quarterback because he runs like three routes, but he did an insane catch. He's still an insane player, even if there's a guy barely like getting the ball out there just generally. If you could hit lock it for a hundred like plus yards and whatever catches, I think you can do the same for DK. Um if he has like a stretch of like not so good games, I think you should be able to buy him pretty low. Um and he's still DK Metcalf, he's really good and you don't need to be a genius to throw the ball deep. So Yeah. I tried trading Antonio Gibson. I tried sending Antonio Gibson away for Metcalf this morning and then I got to return a counter, which I always appreciate counters, you know, it's my favorite thing in in trading in Dynasty. I got a counter for Trevor Lawrence for uh <laughs> For DK and I, which I turned down, of course, but you know, it's it's funny the counters that you get sometimes are just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, thirty percent with ten targets. Jalen Warren is a must-have handcuff. What do you guys think about that, J- JT? Yeah, I've I've got Warren and I got twenty-five leagues. I think I got Warren in twenty of them. I I was on him early. Uh, they liked him in camp. I just felt like they know what Benny Snell is, and Benny Snell ain't the guy. Um, I, I felt like it came down to the two rookies at camp and Warren from day one looked better than Mateo. I think Mateo, the guy from Duke. Uh, I just liked Warren. I thought he was going to be the guy. So I picked him up everywhere. Even if I didn't have Najee, I picked up Warren because I thought, hey, he's going to be playable. Something happens to Najee. Um, if you're a Steelers fan right now, even if you're a fancy fan, you're just frustrated with the Steelers offense. I mean, they've got so much talent across the board, and right now they can't figure it out. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody was bigger on Mitch coming into the offseason than me. I just felt like this was a great opportunity for him, move around in the pocket, throw the ball deep downfield. He's got playmakers everywhere. Um, I just felt like this was a great opportunity, and, man, it looks the complete opposite the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's scheme. I'm not sure if it's Mitch not making the right plays, the right reads. If you look at the tape, there's guys open. There's guys open. They're just not finding them. I mean, George Pickens is open all the time, and he's getting no looks. And if he does get a look, it's 10 yards over his head out of bounds. It just makes no sense. And I and I don't know if this goes back to Mitch just not playing the last couple of years, so he doesn't have that confidence with these guys to throw in that tight window. Um and, and go, my guy's going to make the play. I'm going to put it in there for him. He's worried about throwing the pick or the guy not helping him out. And so he's maybe throwing the ball a little farther outside or or whatever. But it, it's just real frustrating right now. It just doesn't make sense what they're doing. Uh, everything's a two-yard drop-off no matter what the play is. Um, it, it's really crazy. I mean, Pat Fer- uh, Muth looks great. If they can get him the ball, Moose, great. If you got him in a tight end premium league, you're super pumped about where he's going on this team. Um, I have a feeling that he's going to end up being that total drop-off guy. You're gonna, he's going to be a consistent six, seven catches a game. If you can throw a touchdown in there, he's going to have a big week for you. Um, but the rest of the guys, it's, it's ah, I mean, Claypool, you just – I thought he was – all right, Claypool finally can go deep. They can throw the ball to him. All they do is hand the ball off to him. I don't understand it. He, he's got he's got more carries than he has catches this year. Um, like I said, Pickens has three or four targets. Uh, he's looked awesome in preseason. The guy's got unreal ability. They can't even get in the ball. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson. He's really good. He's really good. Um, but he's he's shown this year he's not the most athletic guy. He's made some crazy athletic catches. But he has had tr- problems separating from guys. He is he is just blanketed a lot, and he's having to make these crazy catches in order to get the ball. So I, I don't know if it, if they end up switching to Kenny Pickett. I love Pickett. 
I'm screwed in a ton of leagues because I got Mitch as my second guy in a ton of Superflex leagues. But I, I'm just hoping they can kind of look back, figure out how to look at this and do something different because this team fantasy-wise should be way, way, way better than it is. I, I would have told you at the beginning of the year, I'd play every one of these guys. I don't care. They're all going to produce. And right now, anyone outside of Deontay Johnson, I don't know if you can play any of them. I mean, obviously you're starting Najee, but even Najee hasn't been getting a lot of carries. But I will say in this, as somebody who watches most of the games, Najee has a ton of plays called back this year. Oh, yeah. it's on a play. Every time he gets a 25, 30 yard run, it gets called back. So, I mean, he, he is, he actually has not looked as bad as his stats are. Yeah, I think he's 2.9 yards per carry right now. He's been better than that. Um, I just don't think they put him in the best situation to, to make plays at this point in the season. I think it's just a big offensive line problem for the Steelers. And until they solve that issue, there's going to be a lot of uh, headaches across the board. I'm not sure if Kenny Pickett is going to be the answer if he doesn't have any time either. So it is what it is, you know. It's uh, yeah. I, I can't tell watching the film, watching tapes. I can't tell if it's more Mitch not making the right read, or if it's the play call that they're telling him, "Look, these guys do this. Look underneath." I'm just not sure he right now has the confidence from the staff to zing one in there that he's afraid if he starts making turnovers, he's going to get yanked. Um, and he's throwing a lot off his back foot, a lot off his back foot. He's not stepping into throws, which I think is what's really hurting his accuracy. It's the ball's floating on him on a ton of passes. Yeah. Jesse, the Texans, Brandon Cooks had 26% with 10 uh, targets. When is Nico going to break out? And uh, Pierce looked pretty good on early down snaps and Rex cool off a little bit in the passing game. Tell me, give me a Texans uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, I, I, hmm. uh, I mean, we saw Danny Pierce, he like got nothing in the first game and then a bunch in the second game. I would stay away from that backfield as much as possible if they're going to do stuff like this, because I don't know what's going to happen in the two games you've seen so far. Um, Nico, I like him. I think he's a little more developmental. I don't really know how I feel about Mills, but this, this Texas team is a little, I'm feeling weird about them. They played two good teams better than, I still think the Colts are a good team, but maybe not. Um, And I think the Broncos are a good team. It's, it's hard to tell what they are, but if you're going for someone, I mean, Nico Collins is probably like, uh, he's probably on the waiver wire. He's probably like, um, if it's in the deep league, maybe it's like the last person on your bench. I think you could find guys a better upside probably than him. Um, and I really like Cooks, but outside of that, Cooks and Collins, I'm not really interested in like anyone on this team, especially if they're going to switch it up so crazy like they did with the running back in the first two weeks. So it's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to sneak Nico into a bunch of trades like backdoor him into like bigger trades. People kind of like deal, him. But... They're high on him. Like I feel like he has a lot of trade value just in the abstract, at least what Twitter tells me, you know. So Yeah. Uh the Titans, JT, Traylon Burks, twenty five percent with six targets. The Titans just got rolled. <laughs> I think, well, I think a lot of people are going to get rolled by the Bills this year, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, they just, that, that team, defensively and offensively, is just fantastic. They were my pick to go to the Super Bowl this year, to be a year. I actually picked them to play the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. I thought the Rams would beat them in the Super Bowl. Um, really upset they didn't make it because that would have won me quite a bit of money if they both would have played. But uh, but I really like the Bills this year. Um, I think they're great. Titans, oh, I didn't love the Titans last year, and they had a good record. I, th- this team has to win ugly. It's their only option. Um, Traylon Burks might be the one guy I feel good about. I he, everybody ripped them all preseason. 
I kind of talk trash about him. I think he's got some upside. I just think this team has kind of hit their max potential on offense. I mean, they're definitely on the downhill slide. Tannehill Hill is not looking good. Um, they got to get Henry going. If they don't get Henry going, they're in trouble. Um, and so far they have not been able to do that with him after he looked, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. What for six weeks of the year last year, he's died and not giving you much right now in the, in the first couple games, but he's got to get going for them or it's going to be a really ugly season. I like some of their individual players, but I, I don't know how many, if I really want many of these guys on the Titans offense this year. I just, I just think you're not going to consistently be able to count on them uh, throughout the year. I just really don't. And it doesn't, I, I understand they're getting blown out, but like, when's the last time you saw both teams go to the backup QB in the third quarter without injury, both, both teams with the backup QBs in the third quarter. I mean, to me, uh, I haven't seen teams wave the flag like that in a while in the NFL. That was pretty crazy to me that they went Willis. Um, so to me, that opens the, my eyes. If I'm in a super flex two QB league, I'm like, if I got Tannehill, I might want to try to move him sooner rather than later. I might want to see like, can I get one good game out of him in the next like two or three weeks? And if I can't do, I move him immediately for someone uh, just because I, I got him in a second league. I got him in Brady in a, in a two QB league. And I'm thinking I might just start shelling, getting rid of everybody. I might just blow that team up immediately. Cause I, I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah. Austin Hooper was his Twitter dialing all off season. Robert Woods was, was a buy candidate. Nick Westbrook and Kine was another guy that everybody was kind of, uh, you know, on, you know, all oh, you got to have him. Kyle Phillips was a guy that, you know, that everybody wants to have. And I, I, I don't know where, where this offense is going wrong, but, uh, Jesse, what were you about to say? Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, they get the Raiders and then the Colts, and then I'm trying to figure out the um, and the Commanders. So, um, pretty interesting slate of games. We'll we'll see. Um, I, I'm still I still like a lot of the Titans guys, but we'll see. I think teams are going to struggle against the Bills a lot. They have the best defensive line in the league, and Derrick Henry needs like a full head of steam in order to get good. And the defensive line being as good as they is or as they were, I, I think it's kind of tough for him. But it was obviously a blowout. They got to show they can go out. You're absolutely correct about that. Yeah, and then uh, last but not least, the Vikings. Justin Jefferson had 26% target share, but he was covered like a blanket the whole game. 12 targets. This was not a good game for the uh, the primetime Vikings, as usual. Uh, you know, so I don't know why they just can't figure it out now when they're playing big games or games that are on like national televised slates, but it is what it is. You know, Delvin Cook was not good. Justin Jefferson was not good. Nobody is very good on the, for as far as fantasy purposes were concerned for the Vikings, so. Uh, well, the the guy I, I'm I'm worried about if you want to look at Vikings side of things, he he got some catches down the stretch to make himself look decent fantasy day, but Adam Thielen is just not involved right now. They they I mean he got some catches like I said down the stretch that saved his day, but I think he had zero or one catch maybe 70% of that game until the fourth quarter, and he didn't do much week one. I was buying him everywhere in the off season knowing that he was maybe on his last leg, one, two seasons left, but I thought he would be kind of cheap and I could throw him in and he could give me 10, 15 points a week just to kind of be that solid flex play. Um, I'm getting real worried about him right now. Uh, if, if they don't do something, I thought he could, you know, especially last night I saw when they blanketed Jefferson, I thought, oh, this is Thielen time. Let's start hitting Thielen. And he just didn't get many looks until absolute garbage time at the end. So I'm a little worried about Thielen um, for sure at this point. Um, Kirk Cousins, again, pretty good quarterback most of the time. 
these these Monday night games, Sunday night games, he's awful in. I still love him as my second QB in a super flex or a two QB league for the price. Everybody else seems to hate him. I trade for him everywhere just because he's gonna give you something. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it's tough. Uh, they got to get Dalvin Cook going somehow. And Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's a freaking stud. But Darius Slay was everywhere last night. Yeah, absolutely. That's um. I, I was kind of figuring hopefully this would be one of those KJ Osborne games because it was a terrible matchup for Jefferson, but yeah, you know, it just, it just, nobody got involved. It was just kind of a, across the board, it was just a bad game for the, for the Vikings. So, all right. Well, so we ran through these teams here. Let's look at some uh, waiver targets for week three quarterback wise, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco has probably one mate, maybe two more starts under his belt. And Kenny Pickett's going to get the pulls that the, the, uh, the, the nod pretty soon. It seems like sooner than later. So um, any comments on either one of these guys? Am I missing anybody? Either one of you guys want to chime in? JT, do you, th- do you think Pickett gets in soon? Or what, what do you think? Do you think that happens soon? I, I think they're going to – I think the Steelers are going to give Mitch a little more time. I just – I think they're going to give him a little time. I think they want Pickett to kind of – I almost think they almost want to see Pickett watch what Mitch does. And if he is Jack, you know, he's messing up. They'd be like, see, don't do that. Um, I, unless the Steelers absolutely fall apart and fall on their face, I just don't think you're going to see him sooner rather than later. I definitely think he's a stash redraft league. I, for me, it'd be tough to pick him up. Um, Dynasty league. If you got Mitch, he's a great guy to try to go out and get if you can get him for a decent price. Uh, that's been questionable. I've got him for a really reasonable price in some leagues, and then guys have told me they need a ton in another league. Uh, I think Mitch is going to stay in there for a while, but if they have two more weeks of just absolutely no offense, I think the heat is going to be on for them to make a change. So I think they've got to step it up and, and do something here pretty offensively. If, if I might get out there looking on waiver wires, and I gotta have a QB, especially in like a super flex. I'm going after a Goff, a Mariota, for sure. I just think those guys have enough talent around them that they're gonna give you solid weeks. Um, it just depends. You know, I've had a couple friends text me, "Hey, I got, I had, you know, so and so. I had Trey Lance. He got hurt. Do I trade for Jalen Hurts?" I'm like, "Who's you got on your waiver wire?" They're like, two was out there." I'm like, "Go get Tua. Go get Tua immediately. Like, don't don't trade Aaron Jones." Jalen Hurts when you can go out and just pick up Tua. So I think that's some of the things, you know, I think you just got to, it really depends on your league and the format and and how people value guys. But I I definitely think there's some dudes you can go out there and play and kind of fill in. Uh, I'm in some super deeper, like a little deeper super flex leagues and some guys who got Tannehill's their second QB right now with no third guy. People are starting to look at making trades. If you got that third or fourth QB, this might be the time to jump, start throwing out some trade offers on some teams that are a little weak at second QB. Uh, and you might be able to get uh, some pretty good return, bolster your lineup, or if it's a dynasty, get some guys for the future. Yeah, I just one of the teams in my league had a deck. Trey Lance and Ryan Tannehill as their three starting quarterbacks, and it's like, man, the, the whole the house of cars is kind of collapsing on him right now. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a bad position to be in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, running backs: Raheem Mostert, Miami, Tyler Algier uh, from the Falcons, Darrell Henderson, and Eno Benjamin, which we talked about before. Jordan Mason, San Francisco, which I like; he's on all my teams. Marlon Mack might be a sneaky pickup. He just joined the practice squad in San Francisco. Um, these are possibly temporary solutions, anyway. Um, uh, minus Mostert and Algier, uh, I, I think Mostert may be getting the nod, getting the edge in this running back race in Miami. Uh, I think he 
he maybe the team likes him a little more. Uh, you know, I think to be their their starter, Algier might be someone who just uh, out of necessity just kind of sneaks his like, kind of nudges his way in this starting starting role as the season uh, progresses. And I, I do like Darrell Williams better than you know Benjamin in this backfield, like for right now. But I, I think that at some point in time they're going to have to give you know the crack and say, hey, you know, you uh, let's see what you got here. So what do you think about these uh, the waiver wire targets that I mentioned and anybody else I missed in the uh, for upcoming week three pickups, guys? Um, I'm probably staying away from Mostert, like I said, when we talk about Miami. I'm just not sure who's going to get the ball there. Um, I like Algier a lot. I, I like him as a, a running back coming out of college. Um, but we'll see how the breakdown goes. He could be in a split with um, Cordell Patterson and with Atlanta being, I don't think, very good. It could be kind of tough for him to get, you know, a good amount of work. I like, you know, I think Mason's my backup choice in San Fran, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, that, I've struggled with that Sanford bas- uh, backfield in a few leagues over the years. Uh, Mozart, again, a guy, when he stays healthy, he's been pretty productive. The issue with him is how long is he going to stay healthy? Um, so I, I was looking on a couple waiver wires last night. I saw Mozart out there in a few leagues, and I'm like, do I want to take the chance? Do I pick him up? If I do pick him up, am I even going to play him? Uh, so I think that's the other thing for me, waiver wire-wise – I'm looking at it right now and going, am I going to play this guy? Is he a handcuff for somebody to have, or am I going to block somebody else with this guy and take him because of that reason? Cause I just don't know if any of these guys are going to be super playable or give you much production at this point. Um, I, again, I think they're making a little more dart throws uh, here. Um, but but I, I don't love any of those guys. Daryl Henderson's a guy I like, but he should be rostered in every league. Um, if you can go get him, I like the idea of getting him. One problem is now that he's kind of taking the starting job from Akers a little bit, he's probably going to cost you a little more than you want to spend on him. Um, but if you have somebody that doesn't like him, he, he might be a decent move. Or if you have a guy that has Akers and you got him and you can get something in return, so he's got both of them. He wants to handcuff there. That's that's maybe the move. I feel like there's maybe a couple more pickups at wide receiver that make a little more sense, um, but just kind of depends on your league. Yeah. Um, trade just happened in my league. I was, I'm looking at it right now. Notification came off. Uh, DK Metcalf got traded away to import Garrett Wilson on a different team. Uh, receiver for receiver trades are a little bit uh, sketchy, you know, as far as that goes. And both these guys, I feel, are – who do you think who do you think won on this trade? Is that Dynasty or sorry, is that redrafted? It's Dynasty, yeah. Ooh, I like DK. Like, oh, I, I take the DK side a lot. So Yeah, I, just, I, I think that one's tough because you're looking at two teams. I think both those guys are talented. I, I, they're tied to a QB. You, you know, if I'm taking DK in that situation, I'm hoping that Seattle starts to really suck really quickly and then they get one of the top QBs. Yeah, I, I think he, that he gets matched yeah. up with a top QB. To me, they're now – is Zach Wilson going to be really good? I'm not really a Zach Wilson guy. I never have been a Zach Wilson guy. Um, does he get any shot? I I don't know if it'll work out or not. But at this point, you're the Jets. You have to give him the next three years. So if you're not if you're not in on Zach Wilson, then I'm probably going DK long-term, especially if I'm in a league where I'm building and I'm like, hey, I can wait if DK doesn't produce this year. Totally good because I'm going to get him locked up with a CJ Stroud or a young next year, someone like that. Uh, Cause I just, at this point, when you don't start drew lock for Seattle, you've pretty much already said we're going QB next year. 
in the draft. I mean, you can't say, I mean, you can't with a straight face say, well, Geno Smith's our future. Nope. Come on. Absolutely. He's not. It's what about Drew Locke? What about Drew Locke, man? Oh, dude, oh. I'm, dude, I'm so <laughs> mad about Drew Locke. I, as again, I'm a Mizzou guy. I told you guys I went to Mizzou. Uh, yeah. I saw yeah. Locke a lot in college. I think the guy has a lot of ability. I was hoping he was just going to get this year, give him one full season, even if he fell flat on his face, give him one full season to see if he could get it done. Plus, I actually liked Lock and DK's uh, Lock and DK's fantasy value with him because he's a guy who loves to throw the deep ball and has no problem chucking it. And that's why I thought if he starts, I actually am going to go get a couple of those guys because I know he will air it out. He does not care. So, but. Not to be had unless a Geno injury happens. I'm just going to sit there and watch Luck day, uh, dance on the sideline all season and and never play. I think Pete Carroll loves Drew Locke, and I think he wants him to be the quarterback, but it's just not going to happen. I don't think they're going to have to move on. It is he, what it is. Yeah, he's just I, – I mean, again, I think the guy has talent. I, I, I think the issue with him is you, you're just not 100% sure about him. Is he making the right plays? Is he going to make the right call? I, the guy's got an arm. I mean, guy's got arm strength. He can chuck the ball. Um, the question is, I, I think everybody always talks about his decision-making with him. Is, is he going to make the right read and throw the ball where you want it to him when it comes down to it? Uh, he, he reminds me of not a quite as good Rex Grossman, a guy that could throw the deep ball, oh. had a great deep ball, uh, but would always make the turnover at the worst possible time. Absolutely when it would murder your team is when they would do something stupid. And I think – Drew Locke has gotten a little bit of that um, going for him. And I think that's what eventually ended Rex Grossman's career was he just was a guy that made the worst possible mistake at the worst possible time way too often. And it just overshadowed any good things he did. Yeah, he single-handedly lost the Super Bowl for the Bears by turning the ball over at a snap like seven times in the first – it was terrible. I, I, he, Rex Grossman, I, 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 I can't stand the guy. <laughs> yeah, my dad's a Bears fan, so – he had some words, choice words about Rex back in the day. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So receiver here, we got uh, Jahan Dotson's a pickup. Garrett Wilson, we just talked about. Jacoby Myers. If these guys are, if I, I, they can't be on your waiver wire. I mean, they, they in in shell leagues. Josh Palmer, Traylon Burks, Greg Dortch, Ashton Doolin, Sterling Shepard, kind of guys. Um, there is uh, Jahan Dotson because he's a rookie. A lot of guys don't know him yet. Garrett Wilson, same thing. Uh, I think maybe those guys were afterthoughts for some people, but after big weeks. And Johan Dotson's touchdowns. Uh, the most intriguing guy I think here is Greg Dorch. Do you think Greg Dorch could Greg Dorch could hold on to this job even when Rondell Moore comes back? Well, they also have what, DeAndre coming back too at some point, right? So I just I, I I guess I don't have too much of an opinion on the talent. So I just I'm I'm not sure. I, I probably wouldn't. I probably look somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm in a few leagues where you could go out and get Dotson, you can get Wilson, but there's there's smaller leagues with redraft where people kind of ignored uh, rookie wide receivers that they thought were going to be on bad teams. So I do think you could go out and get those guys in a few leagues, um, but if you don't get them this week, you're they're going to be gone. Um, yeah. That's that's for sure. Um, we talked about it a little bit with the Colts. I think Ashton Doolin's actually going to have. Uh, a little bit of play in this league. Even when Pittman comes back, I just, I mean, Paris Campbell, oh my God, he's killing me. Absolutely killing me. The <laughs> guy I went and got all off season everywhere. I thought this is finally going to be the year. So at least in the past, you could say, hey, when he played, he produced, but he was hurt all the time. Well, now he's healthy and he's done absolutely nothing with all the opportunities to do something. I just, I'm, I'm just out on him. He's just killing me. Um, 
I like Pierce for the future. I think Pierce could be really good for them. I am starting to sour on what he's going to do this year. I'm just not 100% sure he's ready looking at some stuff. I like him. I'm hoping he has good impact because I think he's going to be good. But I think they're going to actually play Doolin a lot more. And I think he's going to turn into a little more of that safety blanket for Ryan. You know he likes tight ends. But the tight ends they have just aren't really those underneath, find the zone, sit down and make the catch guys. That's just not really who they have. Um, so I think Doolin's going to see a little more Doolin. I think he's a guy worth picking up, uh, especially in deep leagues uh, where you're playing a lot of starters, a lot of flex plays. I think he's a guy that definitely could at least get you points every week as opposed to uh, all the zeros I've gotten out of Paris Campbell and Brian Edwards. Yeah, that's uh, there is – I like Doolin. I think he kind of slid him, he solidified himself as a number two right now in this offense, but it, it, the offense has to pick up a little bit. It's a running offense with a decent defense, so we'll see what happens with these guys. Um, tight ends. Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is someone who will, I, I think, eventually will be a fantasy relevant. I mean, he's got next couple of weeks, I think he's going to start picking up his game, but there's so many other options on this offense. I, I like what happened with the commanders this uh this offseason, where, where, what they did, where, how they improved their team. Uh, so Tyler Conklin, Hayden Hurst, uh, Jawan Johnson from the Saints. Um, Jesse, what do you think about these tight end uh, free agents uh, of acquisitions? Am I, am I missing anybody? Um, I mm, I don't know if I want to say. I mean, so Tatum Hill gets some run in, which is an interesting person to think about if you're desperate at tight ends. He's probably not going to catch like a touchdown bust like a lot of tight ends are, but he's one that's not on the list I think could be interesting. But, I mean, I saw Evan Ingram – actually have pretty decent hands in the Jacksonville game, which has always been kind of his issue. You know, he's athletic, he's big, um, and he can play in the slot. He's pretty, he's pretty fast for a tight end, or you know, he's a good receiver for a tight end. So I, I kind of like it. They still use Dan Arnold. He's still there. They also have another tight end that he blocks. So I'm unsure about, you know, what the composition is going to look like. But Evan out there a lot, um, which is nice. I also just love Hayden Hurst. He was coming in as like a sleeper for me. He's in the league pretty old. So like, if you look at him, he's a little bit older than I think people would think he is. Um, but I, I like him a lot. Um, and you're really just, at this point for tight end, you're just fishing for a touchdown or looking for as many touches you can get, which is why Hill might be an option because they do seem to, to use him at least a few times a game. Like, less than Curtis Samuel, but, like, he's in the tight end position, so, like, maybe we'll see him throw the ball maybe once or twice or something. So. Right. Uh, but they should start throwing at this point, you know. And I, I the guys, I would probably go, like, Hurst, Ingram. Then I probably would take up Hill and then Logan Thomas and the rest of them. Yeah, Logan Thomas is a guy I'm targeting. If he's out there in the league, I'm grabbing him. I just seen enough out of this Redskins, uh, excuse me, Commanders offense is throwing me off doing them. Commanders offense, I just think they're going to actually be tossing the ball around a decent amount this year. I think he's going to have an opportunity to have some pretty decent games. Um, and I and I also think you know he's going to be involved enough that you're not going to get a bunch of zeros from him. Hopefully, uh, so I like him a lot. I'm going in uh, on him in quite a few leagues, especially like Zen said, if you're you're a 14 team league. 12-team league. Uh, he's been banged up, so there is a chance that he's out there for you on the waivers because he was hurt most of the preseason, so teams kind of ignored him in the draft, kind of ignored him early on. Um, so he's a guy I, I definitely would pick up because Again, as we talk about those guys that have pretty good talent but make the worst turnovers, the worst pile of time is uh, Mr. Carson Wentz himself. The guy can 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 do some really good stuff. The guy's got talent. He can keep the offense in it. You know, obviously turnovers and and major mistakes at the wrong times have been his problem, especially with the Colts last year, as I saw a lot of. Uh, but the guy the guy can can get you some fancy points. So I like a lot of the players on that uh, Washington team 
as far as offensively concerned for, for fantasy purposes the rest of the season. Very good. That is the waiver wire for this week. Um, you know, that'll be a, an ongoing fluid process, uh, picking up guys every week after injuries or, you know, guys stepping up or whatever else happens. So we'll keep in touch with that. Uh, we do a team evaluation here every week. Look at what are the team's biggest needs? Who's your keep trade cut guys? Who would you trade for to improve this team? And, you know, who'd you send away to do it? That kind of stuff. This is the team we're looking at this, this week is a 12-team Dynasty Superflex League, PPR, no tight end premium, 12 starters, quarterback, running back, running back, three wide receivers, tight end, two flexes, uh, super flex, and then um, a defense and a kicker, which I think are useless in Dynasty. Um, and then uh, some 20 bench spots, no position limits, pretty much normal scoring, bonuses for long plays kind of stuff. His rookie picks, he's got two 23 seconds, uh, one early one probably and one mid-run mid because this team's kind of a mid-team when we look at it a minute. I'm going to bring the team up now, uh, and you guys, let's import this team. Oh, wait, hold on. Share my screen. I don't know what I'm doing here. There's... <laughs> Now you're getting good. Uh, share screen, share screen. There we go. All right. So this is the team we're looking at. Their quarterbacks, Matt Ryan. They got James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott as the starting running backs. Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney as the wide receivers. Uh, tight ends, Evan Ingram. Again, non-tight end premium. Rashad Penny, Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Fields as the well, the flex players are Penny and Juju. Justin Fields is a quarterback, two to super flex. And then, I don't even Matt Gay and Buffalo Bills, whatever. That's great. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott are the backup quarterbacks or backup running backs. Zach Moss, Dontrell Hilliard, Dearness Johnson, Jordan Mason, Ty Chandler. And then uh, those are the backup running backs. Uh, receivers, Corey Davis, Traylon Burks, Rodney, Robbie Anderson, Ashton Doolin, Will Fuller, uh, Devin Duvernay, Gabe Davis are the backup wide receivers, and George Kittle and Joku and uh, are the tight ends. So uh, he's got an extra kicker and an extra defense on here, which whatever. And then an IR, he's got James Washington, Elijah Mitchell, and Justin Ross for the future. So he's got Elijah Mitchell coming back in a couple weeks. But what do you guys think about this team? What would you do to uh, start it off? We'll start off with uh, Jesse. Give me some. Um, you're the new guy here, so let's talk about what you would do on this on this team. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really play too much Dynasty, but I do have opinions on it for sure. Um, and you know, maybe this is off base for Dynasty. I'm not sure, but I, um, I, I wonder if this team is just like kind of in the middle, like the middle of the road. Like they don't really have an identity. Feels like they've got a lot of maybe older guys or guys I perceive a little bit older than. You would like to start out 0-2. I mean, Baker's hurt. I'm sorry, Dak is hurt. Baker looks like shit. Um, and you got Matt Ryan on the team. I, I, and Justin Fields, you know, very young quarterback, very old quarterback, and the middle-of-the-road guy. I feel like I'm seeing a decent amount of that, maybe in, like, the wide receiver stuff, too. I think they've got good players on here. I just wonder if you want to, like, trade your young guys, just go for it, or just, like, trade your old guys and then rebuild. Like, I feel like maybe I'm off base again, but I, I feel like this team is too middle-of-the-road for Dynasty where I'm just – like, I don't see this as a championship team. Maybe maybe other people do, um, and I could totally be off base. But I don't really see this team as, like, struggling too hard. I mean, they're dealing with quarterback injuries, which is obviously tough. But I kind of feel like maybe this person needs to find, like, an identity where they need to either 
go hard to try and win now or they need to trade away some guys and do it. Because I think there could be some good values in guys like Gabe Davis, even what you can get out of um, Kittle, um, Penny too, probably, if you're going to like try and trade these guys to, you know, to guys who are trying to compete this year and then go for it. Because I like Traylon Burks a lot. Um, I mean, I, I still like Kittle and I like Gabe Davis. At, well, actually, I don't like Gabe Davis at all, but people do like him. He's a good trade value or he's got a lot of trade value, I think. I'm not a huge fan of Justin Fields either, but, you know, running quarterbacks are cheat codes. And I like Juju a lot, but I, I do feel like this team is a little bit too middle of the roady for me, and I would try and go in one direction or the other. But I'm not a big dynasty guy, but that's just kind of how I see it. JT? Yeah, so I am usually heavy in one way or the other. I think you either got to decide your team going for it or you got to rebuild. Um, I just see people just wait away in the middle all the time and it drives me crazy. I think you got to pick, pick a lane. Um, I think if you look at this team, go back three weeks and you look at this starting lane of three weeks ago, if I was looking at this team three weeks ago, I think I'm possibly a contender. I think I'm outside, but I think a couple things break, right? I do something here or there guys show up. I think I'm in the mix. Now, a couple weeks in, I'm re-looking at this team now, and now I'm feeling like this team would have to have a miracle to turn around this year. I just I, I just don't think there's any way this team competes in your league unless it's a really deep league and there's a ton of people that are just missing. But it, to, to me, this, this league – or this team in this league, it just feels like I would start looking for the future. You got some pieces here. I maybe wouldn't start selling off these guys immediately. I'd maybe wait to see if guys can have a couple good games, get those teams who are kind of on the verge, trying to make a run, and then they think, hey, if I could just get that one little piece, and then Zeke goes off for one game, 110 and two touches, and you're like, okay, now I can move him to somebody for you know a second round or next year or something like that. Um, maybe that's the route to go I'd kind of be leaning towards. Uh, like I said, look at this team two weeks ago. I like it. But where this team stands now with the way these guys have played, you got Connor Hurt. Zeke has done almost nothing. Matt Ryan, who I actually liked, I think he's going to pick it up. I think he's going to be better, but he's not, he's terrible right now. Uh, Allen Robinson, you haven't got what you thought you'd get out of him. Mooney, who I was all over. I was getting Mooney everywhere I could. I thought he was going to get a million targets this year, and now the Bears refuse to throw the ball. So Mooney's at an all-time low on his potential. I'm a Rushard Penny guy. I love Penny. I've always been in on Penny. Good first week again. He probably had another 60, almost 70 yards called back on penalties, or he would have had a monster week one game. Last week just didn't get very many touches. I'm worried about that offense. If they can't stay ahead and they have to throw, ugh, it's going to be ugly for Penny and Walker. Fields, again, ton of upside, ton of dynasty value. Looks awful right now, and you just don't know how to trust the Bears. So, again, I'm, you're way down on him. I like Juju a lot, but he still hasn't totally got in. Prescott, you know, hurt. Uh, he does have some pieces with some young guys. Traylon Burks I like. Corey Davis has some trade value. Robbie Anderson maybe he's got dueling in there. Uh, I, Gabe Davis, again, I'm a guy like you. I would trade Gabe Davis. I As soon as I could get a 2023 20, second for him in the offseason, I was moving him. I, I I just was. i just not a huge Dave, Gabe Davis guy. Kittle comes back. You could be all right. But I, I just think this team needs everything to hit right for this team to compete. And right now, that is looking like a big-time long shot. Yeah, I would, re, I would just rename my team Fire Sale right now, and I would start off with 
guys like Gabe Davis. And, you know, I, I would every week when any one of these guys hit, you know, had a big game, what do you want for him? I would, I would, I would span the league with second round picks for, you know, I mean, absolutely. You, it would every week I would be, it would be dun, 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 dun. who wants this? Who wants that? Come get it. Come get it. I would little one by one, 23, 24, first and second, first and second round picks for everybody that had a good game. Zach, Zeke's got to go. James Conner's got to go. Elijah Mitchell's got to go. Rashad Penny's got to go. Dak's got to go. Justin Fields is probably someone I'd hold on to just because I think that the, the Bears on a rebuild right now, and if he could survive this season, and they 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 have, they're going to import free agents, they're going to import draft picks, they're going to import a lot of stuff. I just think Fields is on the same page with the Bears, like kind of saying, "Hey, we're not it right now. We're not going to be it for another year or two. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens." But this, you know. I don't know what Fields is going to be, and it's yeah. tough. You get rid of him now, and in two years from now, he becomes he's an elite athlete, but he's an Ohio State quarterback who's notorious for not panning out in the NFL. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Fields yeah. the guy, if you're out on Fields, my thing is I wouldn't mind trading him, but you can't even think about trading him right now. I mean, no, there's just no. absolutely no possible way. you got to wait. He gets going on the upside, and if you're really not a Justin Fields believer – then my thing is like, hey, wait till he starts hitting. Look at what teams like him. You got a Bears fan in your league. You got somebody that loves him. What could you maybe get for him? Then maybe you look at trading down the line. But I, I wouldn't be selling off these guys right away. Um, I would wait. You know, wait till Kittle comes back, has a game. Wait till Zeke has a decent game because you're going to get about three, four weeks now in here, and you're going to get those teams that think they got a shot and they get an injury or they're a mm-hmm. piece away, that's when you want to start offering those guys up. Somebody has a big game, like you said, bam, I'm spamming guys for second rounders. I'm looking for guys in my league that had an injury. Ooh, this guy's in second or third place in the league, and he just had an RB go down. He had a QB go down. Can I get a first and a second for Dak? Can I, you know, can I move some of these guys? When they come back, they get healthy. Right now on this team, I'm probably holding Pat unless somebody offers me something great right away. But almost everybody on this team is either down or hurt. So <laughs> that's the issue with this team right now. I just – I don't think – got to hold. It's going to be tough, but you got to hold because there are just very few of these guys have huge value right now. you got to wait till the value comes back up. You miss the window on a couple of these guys, um, but you got to look for that window again. Where, where can you get them hit and then find the right trade partners that need a guy yeah. and start pushing those trades. Corey Davis just had a big week last week. I would try to span the league right now for somebody to yep. take Corey Davis. Ashton Doolin right now had a, you know, what Ashton Doolin's 25, 26 years old on offense. Everybody's hurt. If you can get anything, like a little, try and get a low third or a late second mm-hmm. for Ashton Doolin right now. Anybody, this is what I'm talking about. All, you, you got to get rid of everybody pretty much. You, you can't trick yourself into thinking, I'm going to trade half these guys and keep half of these guys. They almost all have to go. You're, you're going to keep Traylon Burks. You're going to keep, uh, uh, I, you want to get rid of Evan Ingram as soon as he has one more big week. Uh, I can't think of another running back that he needs to keep on this team at all. They, they all got to go. Uh, I would keep Justin Fields and Fields and Mooney. I think you got to hold those guys. Obviously, I mean, I think they got a lot of upside. I think Juju still has a lot of upside, especially because I think they're he's gonna have. But he's on a one, year, one or he's two on a monster one, games. He's, he's gonna on a one have one. Yep, yeah, he's on, he's gonna have one or two monster games with Mahomes. Yeah, And then you either got to go, okay, I think he's going to get signed by somebody else and he's going to be a stud because he's still super young. I mean, I think he's only 24. Or you go, okay, now is the time I I, I punt him to somebody who ha- you know looked for the Mahomes owner. Where's the Mahomes owner? Hey, do you want Juju for the double up the rest of the season? That kind of thing. Um, I, I think you just got to look for the right deals. Obviously, you don't want to give a guys away. But I also think 
I'm one of those guys. I think I do a pretty solid job of drafting in rookie drafts. So I like third round picks. I mean, I know people think they're just garbage. They're like, oh, third rounder. I'm not going to get anybody. Man, I got Kenny G in the third round. I got Deontay Johnson in the third round. I've gotten a ton of prime wide receivers. The guys are, are, are really – I got Hollywood Brown in the third round in one of my leagues. So, I mean, I think if you can if you can sit and you can evaluate, I think you can make those things worth something. I, I mean, I'm in leagues where guys literally consider – third round, fourth round, or throwaway picks. They're like, I don't even know why we have these. They're worthless. I'm like, ah, I was like I'll take them. I'll take them off your hands for nothing because I, I just think you get yourself more chance to take dart throws and, and, and dynasty. But again, I think this team is all about you got to move on, but you got to start picking and choosing your spots. When's the time to trade a guy? When's the time to move a guy? Figure out what guys you absolutely are going to hold unless somebody offers you something crazy, you know, you say, Hey, I'm in on Justin Fields, no matter what. Okay. Unless you get what offered, what if you get offered two firsts and a second, when he has a monster week, four weeks from now, are you just going to hold the whole time or no? And I think then you can concentrate on what guys you want to move and who you need to concentrate on. Cause I know it's hard to sell a whole team all year, unless it's your only fantasy team. You're spending all your time on one team. Uh, but I think you just got to pick and choose, but yeah, this team had potential at the beginning of the year it's lost all that potential. I think you're in trouble. Yeah. Yep. I would just like, like, like I think we all echoed the same kind of thing. Just wait until each one of these guys has a big weekend and just spam the league for, for picks and don't, you know, try not to take fourths, you know, and try and get, you know, you can see teams thirds. How, how they're, like early thirds and seconds. And then, you know, for quarterbacks, you can't give away Dak Prescott, but I mean, Dak Prescott's always hurt. You know, he's a, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's always hurt. Somebody's a Cowboys fan that would take Dak Prescott. You can get two firsts for him, or you know, try and get a, a you know a younger. Uh, I don't know who's all these quarterbacks in the last in the last uh, the last class were kind of trash, especially where they, where they were, uh, you know, where they were drafted at. And draft capital is pretty important in the NFL. So, uh, Dak Prescott, I would try and get a couple firsts next year. There's a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. coming out, a lot of running backs coming out, a lot of good receivers coming out. If you can sucker somebody in a first round picks for a handful of these guys when juju has a big game with two touchdowns and 150 yards to try and get a first form try and get two first form you know try and get what you know a first and two seconds or something like that for, for the from the mahomes owner you could do you could make these things happen but you have to work it's going to be a work in progress all season long get rid of these guys one by one but they all got to go the one thing i wouldn't be afraid to do in this league is is look at those 2024s Look at those 2024s. Yeah. You're not you're not a year away here, and everybody loves the 2023 picks right now. Everybody. So they're going to be hard to come by. So that's what I've started to look for in a lot of my dynasty leagues, where mm-hmm. guys are absolutely gripping to their 2023 first and 2023 seconds. I'm like, I'll take a 24 second. I'll take a 24 first. And I'm getting a lot of 24s from people uh, because they're just so all over next year's team, especially either I'm in a league where I don't need that guy right now. So I'm like, I'd rather have the pick in two years because I don't need that guy right now. Or I look at my team and I'm like, I'm at least two years away from even doing anything, you know, two to three years. Actually, you might be better off because you're helping yourself in the future because you're yeah. going to take next year anyway. You're going to suck next year anyway. So, hey, move it back. Take a 24. I mean, if your league allows 25 trades, you know, how deep is your league? How often is do people stay open? I mean, I know people are really iffy two or three years out, but I'm in a couple of leagues that are moving 25s right now. And I'm getting some guys that are like going all in and they're like, okay, 25 first. I don't care. You're like, all right, my team is like middle of the road. I'm not going to do nothing. I might as well trade a 
Tom Brady for a 25 first, you know, or a 25 second. Uh, and again, obviously you're taking chances that your league's still around at that point. I wouldn't do it in a, in an iffy league, but uh, if you're in a league that's pretty stable, it's been around, you know, it's a possibility. So I, I definitely, if you're not getting any traction on the 23s, don't be afraid to, to move on to 24s because you're not a one-year turnaround with this team. You're, you're two or three years in. Yeah, this is in a league where uh, they just had a trade happen. It was Najee Harris and a first-round pick, a 2023 first for Michael Thomas. So, uh, I, I mean, that's – that's Michael Thomas is 30 years old in a dynasty league. And he's not, you know, it's, he's a good player, but he's a notorious. He's hurt all the time, especially coming off lower body injury, lower body situations. If you're not in win now, right now, and the last thing you need is a, if you had, if you had a, a plethora of running backs and you can afford to get rid of Najee Harris and you knew that you were win right now, you had, you were so good. You didn't need Najee Harris or a 2023 first to have any kind of, I mean, for Michael Thomas, I don't understand that trade at all. But if those are the trades that are going to happen in this in a league like this, I, you I mean, got to take advantage. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got to take yeah, advantage. Sure. If you're seeing if you're seeing moves like that, you got to be like, hey man, I can get you guys for this. I can get you for this. <laughs> well, and again, you're I, I'm in certain leagues where when guys are not like not good a lot in dynasty and they have a good team, they're willing to go all out to try to get that one title to get that one, you know grasp of the money and you can fully take advantage of those guys. Cause they're like, Hey, I'll, I need this guy. I need one more piece. I need one more piece. And then, and then you just, just keep hammering those guys and, and do what you can. So, I mean, you just got to kind of fill out your league, but yeah, if you can, if you can start pounding guys for 23 first for, I mean, some of those guys, honestly, I would, I would even package two of those guys or three of those guys for like a 23 first and a third and yeah. be like, here, I'm giving you three pieces. Look what I get in return. You know, I, it, so you just got to kind of fill out your league and see how it works. But I, I definitely would not stay where I'm at because unless miracles happen, I just don't see that team competing this year unless everyone comes back to preseason hype and form. I just don't see that team competing. Yeah. All right, Jesse, you want to uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the Twitter machine, what you do besides Twitter, any other social media stuff you got going on, where they can find you at, what you do, kind of let everybody t- tell it. Yeah, yeah. It. No, no problem. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Bacon Games Jesse. Um, I do a lot of betting stuff on there, and I talk shit, which is fun. Um, I I don't want to jinx it, but, man, I am super good at over-unders. I am 16-3, and three, and I'm plus 10 units on the year so far, so I feel pretty good about my over-unders. I was good last year finishing it out, so – you should check that shit out if you want to make some goddamn money. So, All right. JT? Yeah, I'm usually on Twitter a lot most of the time talking Dynasty. I Like I said, I play in every format. I'm in best ball. I'm in Dynasty best ball. I'm in IDP. So a lot of people ask me about IDP because a lot of people don't play IDP. I'm in a couple IDP formats. Um, I do redraft. I do keeper league. I, so, so I, I've kind of got a little bit of, a little bit of handle on everything. So I'll talk to you about that. Uh, I, I'm definitely getting in the gambling space on Twitter, follow a bunch of guys, kind of we'll throw things around uh, there with quite a few people. So you can find me at JT Orange on that. Also, if you're in the Dynasty Theory Discord, I tend to be in that quite often, kind of talking trade values, talking gambling, what I like that week, what's coming up. Um, Like I said, I'm mostly in football, but I get into a lot of college stuff. I do C2C. 
So, I, you know, like I said, I'm kind of all over the place and kind of follow a lot of things. So those are the best places to, to kind of find me uh, roaming about and talking is on the Discord. And I'm usually the JT Orange or JT Orange 4. And then my Dynasty teams are all Steel Horseshoes. So anybody jumping around on that is Steel Horseshoes, usually what most of my teams are. I'm John McGlynn. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. You can find me at John McGlynn 75 on the Twitter machine. That's pretty much my home where I do all my social media stuff because I'm not uh, – cool enough to be on you know i try to do tiktoks once in a while but you know it's 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 a mess it's a disaster so i just stick to <laughs> stick to twitter you know i'll stay in one lane kind of thing you know and that's it so but uh thanks a lot thanks for watching tonight thanks for listening i'll be on podcast tomorrow morning when you wake up and uh you got a couple hours to spend listening to a podcast put it on one and a half and it'll be an hour and you'll be good so thanks a lot for listening talk to you guys later we out thank you Bye.